Hi, and welcome to the Silverline Podcast, an audio version pulled from the video stream we do a couple of times a week. My name is Roland Mann, and I'm the head honcho at Silverline, where we have a great time making fun comics that we think you'll enjoy. This episode is titled, What Got You Into Comics? It aired May 13th, 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the internet, Silver Line. <laughs> I don't think that's exactly how you did it the last time. <laughs> that was great. What was that? <laughs> the WWE style ringside announcement. That's right. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. I appreciate that. So, hello, everyone, and welcome to Silver Line Live. This is episode eight. No, nine. Nine, and tonight we're going to be talking about uh, what got us into comics. Um, we're all uh, into them, we're all making them, we're all doing them, and so we're going to be talking about what got us into comics. Um, and I'm going to try to remember tonight, be sure to like, subscribe, share, <laughs> uh, follow, do all that. We still need the, we still need the follows on uh, YouTube. Uh, we still need you to go like the Silverline uh, Comics page on Facebook. So make sure you do all that, the liking, the sharing, and all that kind of stuff. And during the course of the stream, uh, make sure you ask, uh, ask us some questions, too. We've got uh, my son, Brett, who's going to be uh, monitoring all the chat uh, tonight. So when he sees you ask us a question, he'll be able to ask us, and we will give you, uh, we'll do our best to give you answers. So um, ask us some hard stuff, especially everybody else. Ask everybody else really hard stuff. So, uh, so I'm just going to do like we uh, normally do. I'm going to go uh, on the, the through the murderer's row and have everyone introduce themselves. And I'll start with me. I am Roland Mann. I uh, wrangle the group that uh, is here uh, at Silverline. I'm also the uh, writer of Cat and Mouse. And next on my murderer's row here, I see Curtis. Who are you, Curtis? Hello, I am Curtis Fujita. I uh, have experience in consoles and animation and video games as an illustrator, and I am the creative director at Silverline. So I will hand it over to Barb. I'm next there. Okay. <laughs> My name is Barb Kelberg, and I have been an anchor for 30 plus years. I'm currently uh, working as an anchor for Cat and Mouse. Um, inker and creator and co-writer for Divinity, colorist for Sirens, and I am the CFO of Silverline. Nice. Who are you handing it off to, Barb? Um, Thomas. <laughs> what? But. Does it start already? Are we live? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. My name is Thomas Flormonti. I am uh, primarily known as a inker with all the stuff that I've done, but I write in color and in pencil, and I'm actually co-owner of a company called uh, Kablam that we're printing, a printer printing company, but I ink uh, for Silverline a book called Trumps. Excellent. So, and, and, and we should be really quick to say that uh, Kablam uh, has done the uh, printing and fulfillment for the last three Silverline Kickstarters. Oh yeah, um, they they did the printing for the first one for the Cat and Mouse one, but uh, we 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 foolishly did our own fulfillment, um, and now we have just turned it over all to. Uh, yep, Kabam. we do uh, we do the uh, fulfillment, the uh, Kickstarter, uh, Patreon, any uh, Indiegogo we can do, we we can ship it all. 
Yep. Ship it, ship it, pretty and, ship and, it. And the, the the thing I quickly realized because the first time, you know, I had to come up with all the boxes and the and the packaging and stuff like that. And then of course at Kablam, they're like, "Yeah, we got all that. We what? we have that stuff. It's stacks of them here." And I'm like, "Oh, that's really cool. That's a whole lot easier." So yeah, and I, I, unfortunately, I'm not flying my Kablam colors this week. I'm sorry. So oh well, what? go change real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Tommy. Who who you uh, who you handing uh, it off to? I'm giving it to Miss Becca. Wake up. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I'm Becca. I am a colorist for Friar Rush. Uh, also, I'm coloring. Let's see if I can get the trade. Let's go. Uh, oh, listen. No, here we go. Listen. Yeah. Oh wait. Shh. Did it say Robert? Robert? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm uh still learning English and uh yeah, I'm new to Silverline, new to the business and really excited. You're also and, in Anchor now too. Oh yes, I'm in That's Anchor now. Right. Yeah. Our sponsor tonight is Rosetta Stone. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can translate for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, very cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, Becca, who are you handing it off to? I will head it off to Brent. Uh, I'm Brent Larson. I am the creator of Kalis. I am the writer of Kalis. I'm the writer of all the ancillary material for Kalis. Uh, <laughs> I did a, a letter to the fans in Kalis. I'm pretty useless. But you also I love make it. films. Yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, I make films. In fact, I just made a film that's going to drop in the next few days Ooh, called uh, Human in Isolation. I'll post it on my Facebook better. page. It stars oh. me and uh, my dogs, um, but I actually had some friends um, shoot it professionally because that's kind of what we do when we were looking for ways to make films while in isolation. Wow. Weirdly enough, there was no one to be in it except <laughs> this guy. So... Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, I'll let you guys know when it when it drops. All right, and Brent, who are you going to hand it off to? Um, to either my right or my left. Okay, uh, Curtis, you want to go or Roland? How Curtis, about you? Curtis is already <laughs> gone. Roland is already gone. You got to pick about, someone who hasn't gone. Okay, how about Tim TK? <laughs> Hi, everyone. I am Tim TK. I am the associate editor at Silverline and Roland's second brain, so I just download all the extras he doesn't want to deal with. Uh, and that includes running uh, our website scheduling and the craft blog series, which is my baby. I am uh, yep. also editing two books, which are as of yet unannounced, and uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and and, and not this week, uh, but man, do we have an interesting story to talk about on one of them. Um, <laughs> really interesting things have happened over the last couple of days and and uh, that's again that's not the story for today it might be the story for for next week so um uh quite an would Real you agree, would, yeah wouldn't you agree sid this is a this is a very interesting uh interesting story that we have to tell about one of the projects so it, uh, it, it, i think it is i think yeah. it is uh, yeah. we'll give you a hint as to what project is friar rush that that has an interesting story behind it but uh but we're, we're gonna put that story off until till next week so i'm very sure cool. it would have been awesome 
Uh, and it will it will be it's a, yes it will be awesome. something something to tune in for next week well we, we we lost we lost alex so tim who are you going to hand it off to uh, i will pass it off to john since alex has died <laughs> hey all right i'm not last finally <laughs> starting to feel like gym class all over again um, <laughs> elementary school junior high high school you know yeah yeah you're stuck with the fact yet uh, my name's John Sick. I am a editor at Silverline. I'm also the writer, creator, uh, director, director, uh, letterer, pre-press guy for Sniper and Rook, um, and a couple of, a couple other upcoming times that will be discussed later on. Excellent. And uh, and I've known John for uh, quite a few. Not as long as I've known Sid, but I've known John for quite a few years. Over twenty. Yep. And, or not as long as I've known Tommy either. So, uh, man, I've just known a couple of you guys for a long time. All right, John, who are you handing it off to? There's really only one person you can hand it off to. I now. think Sydney is up next. I, I, I'm last. Okay, great. Last guy pick for the softball team. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, Oilers for Cat and Mouse. That's what I'm seeing now. What, uh, what? I am Sydney Williams, and I am a writer for Silver Line and have been for uh, uh, a long time, as we're alluding to here. <laughs> and uh, my current uh, projects that we're talking about are Fire Rush and Bloodline, and uh, those are coming soon and uh, are really exciting. Excellent. And, of course, then, Sid, last but not least, I don't know if you can see him on your screen yet. Alex is here. Oh, great. Okay, I see. Yeah. Hello. Sorry about all the technical. <laughs> um, Alex Gallimore. I'm the penciler for Ken Mouse 3 and um, the penciling a panel or a couple panels. Yeah, I, I love your uh, spo spoiler cover there. What's that covering up? Uh, you'll have to buy the book. That's right. Oh, okay. You know what Tommy told me one time? So oh, Tommy, no. yeah, what? Tommy told me one time. I'm like, uh, I'm like, dude, you know, all these other people have to wait until it gets shipped out. He goes, Oh, I just read it when I print it. Yep, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I get to see a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so uh, before we actually get in uh, too far to our topic today, um, Barb, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Okay. Brett, while she's talking, can you run um, the the Kickstarter pages? Uh, we have a Kickstarter run, and we launched it yesterday. And I apologize, I don't have it up on my screen to give you an update of where we are. Uh, Seventeen eighty nine, I think. I hear it's we, doing we really are, good. Yep, we got we have uh, forty five backers, and we're at seventeen eighty nine. So uh, yeah, oh, we're off nice. to off to a nice start. Uh, we just need to uh, need to keep rolling. So. Uh, if you're out there listening to us, uh, please go to take a go take a check. Brett's going to put. Uh, oh, wait a minute! I forgot to introduce Brett. So behind the scenes, <laughs> running all the uh, running all the uh, all, all the tech stuff for us is my son Brett, who is uh, is quick to make sure you get to see all the images that you need to see, including the Kickstarter page. So um, so Brett, as Barb talks, would you just kind of scroll through the page so they can see all the the cool images? All right, Barb, tell us about Divinity. Why do we need to back this Kickstarter? I mean, I know, but tell everybody, <laughs> tell everybody who's listening. Wonderful writing and wonderful art. That's a good start anyway. That is a great start. 
Um, Divinity's story of 11 year old girl. Uh, she loses her parents and it's under mysterious circumstances. So her, her 24 year old brother are 13 years apart. Her 24 year old brother, Zach is given a hardship discharge from the Marines, which he's not happy about because that was going to be his career. And he has to come home and take guardianship of his little sister. Um, he's also suspicious about the deaths of his parents, his, his dad and his stepmom. Um, and he begins to investigate it. And while he's investigating it, he discovers that Divinity, his little sister, has the ability to heal with a touch. Now, this isn't a superhero with supervillain stories. This is She's the only one with powers in this story. And I didn't want superheroes uh, or supervillains because I figure there's enough evil in the world that we don't actually need to make up villains. And uh, once he finds out that she's got this ability, he begins to understand why things are happening. And before you can do anything about it, however, um, things happen that put them on the run and they find themselves, their lives completely turned upside down as they are running from an evil cabal. And future stories will um, expand on the whole story of why you would consider the ability to heal to be actually more of a curse than a blessing. Now, most people would think it would be the best thing in the entire world to be able to heal. I mean, we've, we've all got people in our family that we would like to heal, but would it really be a blessing? If, if it got out that you could heal, can you imagine even trying to step out your front door? You wouldn't be able to step out your front door. You would be mobbed every single day with people begging you to be able to heal. So they go on the run and eventually they'll, uh, it'll, it'll be a road story, you know, like the prisoner, you know, different, different story every week or supernatural where they're on the road, a different case every week. But in this case, uh, they'll be running across people like uh, storylines like big pharma and governments and Ooh, religious fanatics, yeah. religious fanatics who either hate her or love her or, um, you know, get Monsanto in there somehow. <laughs> black sites that want to <laughs> dissect her brain and things like that. But overarching, it's this evil cabal who want to get their hands on her for their own nefarious purposes. So, so. I want to be quick to say that even though Barb's philosophy is no spandex, I'm, that's not a silver line philosophy. Uh, <laughs> and that's just Barb's philosophy for divinity, right? Right. That's just yeah. divinity. Uh, I mean, so, I, I ink cat and mouse, and there's spandex in there. That's right. <laughs> so, the opinions I, expressed are not those of Silverline or its subsidiaries. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I ink spandex for 30 years, so it's not like I'm opposed to it. <laughs> so, I, Barb, with your permission, I am going to actually read a couple of quotes that we got, that you got for uh, the divinity story. Is that all right with you? Go for it. I love it. All right, so everyone, even though the, the theaters kind of shut down before it happened, everyone was excited about the film Bloodshot. Everybody remembers that, right, Adam? We haven't had a chance to see it because we didn't pay for it on the, the, the streaming thing. What? Yeah, Vin Diesel, right? Uh, which is actually based off of a um, uh, Valiant comic, right? So Kevin Van Hook is the creator. Kevin Van Hook is uh, also, he wrote some comics in, in the, maybe the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. But uh, this is what Kevin Van Hook had to say about, about Divinity Number 1. 
He said, Divinity Number One manages to bring a fresh take to this story of a young girl with mysterious healing powers. Alex Sarabia's pencils, combined with veteran inker Barb Kalberg, keeps the tale moving and makes you care for the characters as you're along for the ride. Good stuff. So, hey, we got a, we got a nice uh, good stuff from, from Kevin Van Hook. Um, the other one here for longtime um, comic book fans should recognize the name of Maggie Thompson. Maggie and Don Thompson were very instrumental in, for many, 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 many years in the comic book industry. And they ran a, a publication. Uh, they did lots of other things, but they ran a publication called the Comic Buyer's Guide. And of course, this, the Comic Buyer's Guide, frequently just called CBG, uh, was where we got all of our news. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have, you know, YouTube and all that kind of stuff. We didn't have that. So we, many of us, looked forward to that weekly delivery of the Comic Buyer's Guide. Uh, and of course, it would have the news of the industry, but it would also have the letters and and the really famous uh, Peter David and Eric Larson spat went on back and forth in the Comic Buyer's Guide, which was which was kind of fun to watch. Um, but Maggie uh, took the time to read Divinity Number One, and this is what Maggie had to say about it. Maggie said, it's one of the moments that tells the reader a comic book has succeeded. It's the moment when the reader says, hey, that's all I get right now? What happens next? That reaction means the story works. It means the elements have gone together to make a great mix. It means the reader cares. And that's the reaction readers will have when they get to the last panel of Divinity 1. It's the issue that introduces the Marine who's had to return to the States to take care of his half-sister. And it introduces the girl who has a talent neither of them can explain. Now the question is, how long will readers have to wait until number two? Because they're going to care. So (laughs) Kevin and Maggie tell you to care and good stuff. So if you're listening right now and you have not pledged to the Silverline double feature, which uh, features Divinity and Twilight Graham. What are you waiting on? Get over there and check it out. Um, the other book, uh, and I'll, I'll speak a little bit for them uh, since they're not here, uh, is Twilight Graham. We're doing a double feature, which, you know, for those of you, it's a flip book that we're doing. That you can, you're going to read it on one side, and then you can flip it over, and you can read it on the other side. Um, I don't know if... if um, I don't know if companies do a whole lot of that anymore. I know they used to do uh, some of that, but that's what we're going to do. Rob's not here. Rob's not here. Neither's RA. Uh, No. So Twilight Graham, this is uh, this is what RA has to say about uh, Twilight Graham. 20 years ago, the city of Hallowed Heights was nearly destroyed as a result of warfare between humans and vampires in the, in its aftermath, the two factions forged a most unusual peace plan. A high and heavily guarded wall now splits the two sides of the city. On one side of the wall reside the middle and upper classes of humans. It is clean, beautiful, and safe. On the other side of the wall, where a teenage petty thief named Susie Q has just been exiled, lies the deepest and most horrible ghetto imaginable. Here, amidst squalor and vice, dwell the poor, the homeless, the forgotten, and the vampires, led by the family of Gregor Radovic. As long as the vampires stay on their side of the wall, the humans on the other side are willing to pretend they don't exist and let them rule over the so-called blood zone as they see fit. This includes turning a blind eye to the vampire's feast upon the zone's human inhabitants. Amidst rumors that the long-held truce may be unraveling, there is no human law in the blood zone, save for that dispensed by a mysterious and violent young man who has appointed himself its sole guardian for the depredations of the vampire. His name? 
is Twilight Grimm. Mm. And that's that one. So here's the other thing that we have to say. <laughs> uh, both of these books, if you're still you're still on the fence, both of these books are done. Uh, as you know, it's uh, if you've been following Silverline at all, uh, it's our policy to make sure the books are done before we, we kickstart. We have seen fans and heard fans say, I pledged to this book three years ago and I'm still waiting on it. I am frustrated. I am angry. Or even I pledged to this book last year and they were supposed to deliver it in December and it is now May and I'm still waiting. And I hear people on 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 streams going, you know, we understand that it's late. Like, no, fans don't understand that it's fans want their books. They pledged their money. They've already given the money, right? They don't want to give you 40 bucks or 50 bucks and then wait two years to get something. Um, they just don't. So we heard that and we made sure that what we do is we don't kickstart them until they're ready. In fact, I'll tell you a secret. Our, we've already got our next Kickstarter scheduled, in, in-house scheduling, right? It's not actually on Kickstarter yet. And both of those books, well, one book likes about three pages to be colored. It'll be done probably within the week. We could theoretically Kickstart them next week. Uh, so they're already done as well. And we should have the books after that, you know, in, in, in good shape too. So, um, so yeah. So Barb, talk about some of the, so one of the things we have with Divinity here and Twilight Graham, the Silver on Double Feature, we've got an excess of original art. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just a, a wealth of nice. Can you walk us through, I'm not sure Brett will be able to pick some of them out. Brett, um, what you might want to do is scroll down and look on the left-hand side for the names uh, as she mentions them, all the names will, you'll see them on the little blue. It'll say original art level with a name. And so you might scroll down to find that. So Barb, can you tell us about some, yeah. uh, Oh, look at there. Alex is actually showing one of the original pieces. Uh, this is uh, this, uh, I'm sorry, Barb, I'm jumping in on you here. That's Go ahead. Alex is showing the, uh, original piece of art for the Twilight Grimm Kickstarter cover, which he, uh, Alex penciled, inked, and he also digitally colored. So this is one of the rewards. I think it is still available. Uh, let me look real quick here to see if it is. Um, my mouse is still <laughs> messing up. Uh, original art. Uh, it is still available. So it is the original art TGKS cover. Stands for Twilight Grimm Kickstarter cover. Uh, this is a chance for you to get a, a beautiful looking cover uh, this is the kind of thing that's uh, frameable, hanging this thing on your wall. So uh, thank you very much, Alex. It's a gorgeous piece. Uh, Roland, Alex should say something. I think that doesn't that bring it to the full screen or maybe it's 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 full screen now. OK, him, I, yeah. I, OK, I think that's something that, uh, yeah, Brett has to do. So, yeah. Um, it, see, you got to keep in mind, we see something a little bit different than the stream. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. looking I'm looking at it online, too. Oh, well, also, my online is like three minutes behind what yeah, we are. Yeah, it's so. a little behind. <laughs> so so don't try to react to what you're seeing online because you're going to be like three minutes late. Behind. Yeah, somebody's going to say, I just, I just, I just wanted to make sure that that got full screen at some yeah. point. Oh, absolutely. Because it, it looks really cool. It does. <laughs> What's next uh, on the line? All right. So, yeah, you know what? I'll just go down the line. Uh, I'll go down the line with you, Brett, so uh, it'll be easier. As you follow all the colored pages... Uh, get, go back to the uh, Kickstarter page, 
And as you scroll down, uh, you're going to see a bunch of color pages, and then you'll see all the creators. Uh, and then you'll see little blue cards. I want you to come down to the past the yellow card and then go down to the one that says uh, Rob Davis convention sketch 75. I think we still have some of those. Uh, Barb, I'm sorry. I'll jump in where there's the Twilight Grimm stuff here. No, that's that's no problem. Um, oh, there, there, so there are two of these left. All right. So what we started um, with our very first Kickstarter and we're trying to, we're going to try to do this as much as we can. And certainly now more uh, since we are in the middle of quarantine, uh, or maybe in the late stages of quarantine, whatever, or we're still, many of us are still quarantined. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's often really tough to get out and meet the artists that you want to see. Sometimes the artists just don't travel. Sometimes they, they don't travel distances. Sometimes they may not come to your city. Sometimes you may not travel. You may be stuck in the middle of Idaho. Not that there's anything wrong with Idaho, but you might be in the middle of Idaho and there just are no major conventions there that, that bring people there. This is an opportunity for you to get a convention sketch from the creators who are associated with uh, Silverline. Uh, so this is what we're trying to do every time. And we had um, Alex did some for the cat and mouse one. Uh, Dean did some for the first cat and mouse uh, uh, Kickstarter. And this is what Rob Davis is doing here. So he's already got two of them uh, have been have been chosen. So there's two more left. Uh, he'll do anything that you want him to do. I don't, I mean, within reason, obviously, but he'll, he'll do you a convention sketch of one character. You can have him draw your own character or your favorite Marvel DC. We would encourage you to have him draw uh, independent characters, but you know, it's your choice. Um, so the next one up then is the original art page for uh, page two from divinity number one. Uh, Alex Sarabia, um, his his work is just stunningly gorgeous. Uh, when I was out looking for pencilers for Divinity, um, I was I was going through page after page on Deviant Art, trying to find you know an artist who would be willing to work on spec. Uh, and I'd been looking for days, and all of a sudden I got this private message on Facebook, and. Um, it was a, an artist from Mexico, and he said, Hi, my name is, is Alex Sarabia. I have been a fan of yours for a long time, and one of my greatest dreams is to work with you someday. And that intrigued me. So I flipped over to his, his Facebook page, and I'm looking at it, and I'm going, Holy cow, this stuff is gorgeous. Gorgeous. So I, I answered him back. I said, How about right now? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It, yeah it just all came together his his stuff is beautiful actually he's, he's doing some work for kevin van hook right now too so, oh i um, didn't know that yeah wow yeah so um so tim to hearing her talk about uh going to DeviantArt, does that does that ring any bells from my class at all yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah <laughs> one of the go ahead tim that's a uh it's a it's a real rabbit hole it is <laughs> yeah yeah Maybe not the uh, the best rabbit hole to be in at times. <laughs> <laughs> no, but one of the things that I that I do in my class is, you know, because it's a writing program, and one of the things I do in my class is is um, try to offer strategies to writers on how to find artists. Um, you know, as as we have pointed out before, we were live today. Uh, as creative types, we we very much are okay with with living in the caves, right? Um, and so it makes it sometimes difficult to get out and meet people. 
And so if you're a writer who needs to work with some artists, then you're actually, it's even uh, tougher for you. So what I've tried to do in the class is say, all right, here are some, um, assuming that you don't know anyone, here are some good places to go and find artists. And of course, DeviantArt is usually the last, I give them four sites and DeviantArt is usually the last one because of the reasons that Tim mentions. But I talk about places like Pencil Jack, uh, Comic Book Resources, uh, Digital Webbing, uh, comic book resources and digital webbing both have uh, like community pages where artists can can post their their art. Pencil Jack it doesn't have the traffic that it used to have. Uh, several years ago, it was really really good. There was a there was a lot of uh, a lot of activity there, uh, and, and it's a workshop. So they would post their artwork, and then all the other pencilers would come in and say, "Hey, your angle's wrong here. Maybe you're foreshortening here." You know, they would talk about that. And it was really interesting to watch you know, uh, not being an artist to, to see them kind of workshop the pieces, but you could find a lot of, a lot of artists there who are, you know, who really should be doing some comics and, 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 you know, talking to Alex and, and, and some of the other QBs, you know, one of my, my things is always make comics. Don't wait for Marvel or DC to call you, right? Because if you do that, then, then you might be waiting a long time, make some comics, you know, don't worry about going out and, 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 and working on you know the, the the top X-Men book right right immediately. Make some comics. Make some comics and you'll eventually get there. So you'd be surprised who's on DeviantArt though. Bill Reinhold has got his his uh, oh. portfolio on DeviantArt, and so do Jer I. Jerome Moore's. I didn't know I, I have to I have to uh, link up with you then. Uh, Jerome Moore has his stuff on there. Yeah, a lot of yeah, yeah I'm not saying uh, again, that's where we that's Deviant where Art's on my list. It's just yeah. that it just there's... that's where we we have hold our, our online portfolio right yeah yeah it's 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 the browse page gets a little weird but i've uh recently come to really appreciate uh twitter and the idea that uh, every hashtag is a portfolio so, <laughs> so the important thing is is if you find an artist who can effectively manage your hashtag so you can find them as a link to a good DeviantArt portfolio that works out because you know they're already on social media and they know how to push something over social media which you need to do for marketing your indie comic the hard thing to do on DeviantArt is look for a new artist who has sequential art. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Always the splash page. Oh, my goodness. But finding and, uh, the one that's sequential art is, yeah. is, yeah. I think we need to do like a dating game show where we find, you know, match artists with projects. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, this is one of the reasons that, that I'm, I'm personally, I'm so fond of the Cubies um, because uh you, you know when the and 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 it's, 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 it's sometimes it's a question of style sometimes you can look at an artist and say you know what i just don't like that style nothing the artist can really do about that that's their style but but one of the things i like about the 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 cubies is is you know when they exit school um they've got the basis they've got the understanding to tell stories sequentially right now whether they're able to do it because you know as you very well know, some of them exit and then just say, I'm never going to draw a sequential page of my life. I'm going to go be a famous mural painter. Yeah. Okay. Whatever, you know, um, you do you, but you know that, that, that they have the ability to do that because they've been taught how to tell stories sequentially on the page. Oh, Chris Lanning just uh, popped a message in. Uh, I, I can repeat it. He, he said a lot of artists are moving to art station. Yeah, I got that one too. Yeah, yeah. 
Let's go um, down, the, down the page on the Kickstarter. Yep, yep. So the next page there, um, I see original art page six, Brett. And this is uh, page six, which is a full page splash from uh, Rob Davis. Rob Davis on uh, Twilight Grim. Rob actually penciled and inked um, the entirety of uh, Twilight Grim. Uh, it is, of course, oh, well, we should have, we should also mention the people who are working on the projects, people who aren't here. So with Rob Davis, um, uh, Mickey Clausen, uh, Colored Twilight Grimm, and Mike uh, W. Belcher uh, lettered it. And for Divinity, uh, Divinity was colored by Steve Matson. Uh, the cool thing is uh, Steve did uh, all the colors, old style, old school style. He hand colored all of that stuff, hand colored it scanned it in and i think his daughter helped him uh i'm not Sasha. I, yeah i'm not really i gotta figure out exactly kind of what what she did uh with that but i know that she helped him digitally scan it into photoshop maybe maybe tweaked it a little bit yeah tweaked uh, it. and then of course mike w belcher also uh lettered uh, divinity so um so yeah we got a, a a pretty cool um uh pretty cool teams on there we're lucky to have the teams so um so yeah so that page six is a splash page um i guess i should make sure what which one of these are still available page two page 10 so that one may be gone um so page 10 from divinity is another uh alex uh and barb page uh, page 10 then we have uh from divinity uh, from not from divinity i'm sorry from twilight grim uh and we also have page 10 from divinity oh both page 10s uh so we got some pages let's skip let's skip through those those teams are going to be the same there uh we've got the cover that we've already mentioned and then we have um the cat mouse team up which i believe is also already yes it's gone it's gone so the next one then is uh brett scroll down to the 200 original art johnson kelberg so barb this is a piece penciled by jeff johnson tell us how this is a gorgeous gorgeous piece tell us how this piece happened well jeff johnson and i used to work on solitaire for malibu and we did the entire series um i inked over his pencils we were a great team did, um, did you ink every issue he penciled yep sweet i don't think i realized that and and i i just gotta say i i i continue and curtis feel me here i continue to love all of these malibu connections yep and uh, so I contacted him and I said, do you want to work together again? I mean, it's only been 25 years. And he jumped at the chance and um, was very quick to say um, that he wanted to do Divinity. And he did this wonderful piece. It com comes off a little, uh, very Art Nouveau. Yeah. And um, I absolutely love it. And it's, it's well worth the price of $200. It really is. That's, you know, that's a bargain. It is. Uh, and, you know, Alex pushes me all the time. Variant covers rolling, variant covers rolling, variant covers. And, you know, of course, I'm like, <laughs> he's got to see his thumbs up, right? And I'm always <laughs> trying to figure out, well, how can we make that happen? How do we do that? To just add another cover? This is one of those I look at, and I'm like, man, we've got to figure out somehow, to, some way to get this on a cover. I routinely sell pieces like this at conventions for three to $400. Yeah. So $200 is a bargain. Yeah, this is, this is, uh, should I, should I go in there for someone snags it and up the price? Okay, so you have to order right now. Yeah, you better get it now. <laughs> uh, so next up is uh, a Silverline friend or a friend to Silverline, Kevin West. 
Um, talk about this piece, Barb. This one, I had a hard time letting go. (laughs) (laughs) I I asked him if he would contribute (laughs) and he was happy to do so. And when I saw this piece, I'm like, oh, I really have to put it on the Kickstarter. (laughs) Can I keep it? (laughs) So what you have to do is sneaky tell some of your family members. Say, I really love this one. I really don't want to let it go. I just hate the thought of it. Like, going into someone else's home. It's like a baby. And that's a really good idea. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you know, you've got a birthday every year, right? I mean, Christmas is going to roll around before we need, you know, before we know it. And I mean, he, he is just one of the most, the best artists I've ever seen. I, if I had to pick uh, two or three artists that I would like to, um, be able to draw like Kevin would be one of them. Kevin. I do too. Wow, really? <laughs> I do too. I have one. So, oh, so, so, uh, so we have to say that because they didn't hear Brett. So, Brett, I didn't hear who you said, who, who said it? J3 on YouTube said they still have their sealed solitaire in the black poly bag. And I said, I do too. I still yeah. have one. A couple, yeah. actually. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I probably have one in my box somewhere. I, I um, think I've got a couple of them too. Do you really? What do you yeah. have? Why? You, y'all Malibu? Yeah, to me. That's true. I, we, 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 <laughs> we, we, yeah. yeah, Curtis is probably the one that's stuck in your box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. So, Unless, and, and yeah. Those covers you know, were awesome. For those that don't know, the covers all built to like a separate story. Of, it was like, a lot of like a Yep. Oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Alex wants to do one of those too. Mm-hmm. Yes. They all they all were like um in sequential in sequence. Yep. Yeah, they were so, beautiful. And yeah. and and I I think I think you've got a good idea though. If somebody doesn't snap this piece up, this Kevin West piece up by halfway through the Kickstarter, I'm gonna get one of my family members to buy it because this is yeah. oh it's yeah. gorgeous. Well, uh, I, I do have to say this again. Uh we love Kevin West because you know he's he has been uh, he, he helped us out for the cat and mouse Kickstarter as well. Uh, so that's why I say Kevin, Kevin, and, and all of them, of course, but Kevin is definitely a, a friend of Silverline. Uh, and the next one also is a good friend of Silverline. Uh, this one is uh, Mitch Faust, who uh, Mitch has his, no, I think his, I think his Kickstarter just finished. Um, yes. And I participated in that. I did too. Gorgeous. Uh, yep. Uh, Mitch does. Mitch Faust does a uh, a Kickstarter once a year that features the uh, the all the artwork. Mitch is a awesome awesome artist. Does a lot of fantasy art, um, and he does a Kickstarter for his his collection once a year. He collects up all of the uh, the drawings, the sketches, the paintings, basically all the stuff that he did that year. And uh, so here's here's something I asked him. Right. So so for those of you who've been paying attention. Mitch did us a cat, uh, a mouse, right? And mouse is actually on our trading card. It's beautiful. Barb inked it, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful piece. I asked Mitch, right? I said, so is mouse going to be in this one? He goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She'll be in it, right? So um, so mouse will be a part of, uh, of Mitch's uh, sketchbook. But uh, but yeah, so so Barb, how did this one happen? Did you just reach out to, to Mitch and say, hey? I did. I did. He was, he, I inked the the mouse piece for cat and mouse and he was so thrilled with my inks on it that uh when i asked him to 
pencil for divinity he he jumped at the chance he was yeah. so sweet he, he's just i can't say enough good things about you him ever, you ever met him mitch is a great guy i've never met him yeah he he's a he's a memphis guy so um so i you know actually mitch has a history in comic books i don't know if you know that i do, do you oh you do you remember that so for for those of you who and Mitch, every time I mention this to Mitch, he's like, "Oh, you don't have to bring that up, man." Mitch did um, Mitch did the Last Generation comic by uh, I think the I think the publisher was Black Tie Studio, um, basically. And what I remember buying it off the stands, going, "Wow, that's a cool looking bear!" Right? Had this bear with a, a gun, not Boris the bear, but had this bear with this gun on it, and 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 like some sort of futuristic kind of setting. I'm like, "That was, was really cool." Well, it was a few years later when I actually met Mitch Faust. I'm like, oh, dude, you're the guy who does that. Yeah, it was about comics. But now he he does mostly uh, fantasy stuff. Great, great artist. And like I said, he is uh, he is very much a, a friend of Silverline. Has done, you know, anytime we've reached out to say, hey, Mitch, you know, you want to help us out? He's not even hesitated to say, yes, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, fantastic piece. Uh, someone needs to jump on that one as well. Uh, the next piece is Hoberg Kalberg. That's right. And before we get into this, I just want to break in here to say, I just got a notification that Jimmy Palmiotti retweeted, um, about our Kickstarter and told us good luck. Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. So, uh, I, I got some good Jimmy stories to tell you. Uh, if we ever talk, if we ever get to the, the, the talking about some of our early convention experiences, yeah. uh, I've got some good Jimmy stories. I remember Jimmy and... Uh, Joe back when they yep. first started out and they were pushing this little ash can about this little comic called Ash way sure. back right when they first started <laughs> you know what I didn't even realize that I was thanked in the you know they had this this big long list of like 500 names of tiny little text that they thanked for their went through Ash comic and I didn't realize that I had been thanked until someone pointed by may have been John pointed it out to me and I'm like what so I contacted Jimmy and I said Jimmy I didn't do anything with Hash. Why are you thinking me? He goes, I'll tell you exactly why I'm thinking you. Because you gave me my very first ever penciling job. He said, no one else would give me penciling work. Everyone wanted me to ink. You know, every, He was an inker. And he said, you gave me my very first penciling job. Which, by the way, if anyone's you know making notes, uh, I wrote the story. So I wrote the story and Jimmy penciled uh, a piece called uh, Widowmaker for... Uh, did I just say Widowmaker? Oh, the did. same name, Widowmaker. Oh, really? It's a completely different character. But yeah, it was a it was a a, a, a Malibu. It's going and to I, be a Malibu story. And I've inked his wife, Amanda. Amanda, yeah. Mm-hmm. Amanda. So, all right, on to on to uh, Rick Holberg. Yep. Yeah. Now he's another penciler that I inked way back when for Malibu. And we've been friends for a long, long time. Actually, um, for the twenty fifth. Um, anniversary of, of Malibu. I, I went out to San Diego and a bunch of us got together and did a big panel and uh, took pictures and everything like that. And then uh, Dave Oldrick and Rick Holberg and I went out to supper afterwards. We got a chance to get caught up. So that was really, really nice. So when I asked him um, to do a sketch, he was very happy to do it for me. And I, I was happy to ink him again. He's got such a clean, crisp style. Yeah. He's so classic. He's just very, very classic penciler. You could never go wrong with him. Yeah. Uh, of course, Rick uh, was a penciler for Strangers. 
Uh-huh. And uh, which is how I kind of got to work with uh, Rick because uh, I went over and took over Strangers around issue three or four or five, something like that, after the, the Genesis stuff went away. And so I worked with Rick then for in, until basically until it disappeared, till the Ultraverse disappeared. Uh-huh. Uh, fantastic guy. Um, got a couple of good Rick stories too about the, the kinds of scripts he likes to uh, work on. Um, but we'll, we'll cover that for a, a different day. Uh, all right, so the next piece then. The next piece is original art cover colors. Uh, let me make sure it's still, yep, it's still available here. So um, you know what I probably, I need to add in here. This is an 11 by 17 piece, uh, which means it's, you know, it's, a, it's the same size as original art. Um, this is the, what you're looking at here is the scan of the, the untouched hand colors. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Steve Matson is uh, hand coloring all this. And Steve, uh, Steve was, did a lot of, I think Barb mentioned some of the stuff he did, Boris Bear. He did a, he did a long run on uh, Green Lantern mm-hmm. uh, for, for DC Comics, uh, something else I'm forgetting. Um, but he, but he, was, he was a hand color guy. And so when all the digital stuff came around, he was just one of those guys that just didn't make the leap to digital. And so um, he phased out and went up to do Hollywood stuff and and a bunch of other stuff. And he thought he was done. Yeah. And, um, and, and of course, Barb in her brilliance reached out to him and said, Hey, you want to do some comics? Yo, I don't, I haven't, ca- and I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing Barb's story here, right? Oh, I don't do comics because I don't do the digital stuff. And she's like, I don't care. We love that kind of stuff. We want to make comic books. He goes, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, maybe. So he, I think he tried out a couple pages. He says, let me just try a couple pages to see how it works. And we loved it. Looked fantastic. Uh, I, I think he's able to get a look that I've, I've not, you know, I'm not saying anything bad about computer coloring, okay? Computer coloring can do, especially with Be- Becca here listening, right? Uh, <laughs> computer coloring can do a lot of stuff and do a lot of stuff easier that hand colors can't. I mean, we talked about color holds uh, in, in the coloring segment. Segment I love color holds. Those are not easy to do in, in something like this. But uh, if there's just a look that you get with the hand colored stuff and i don't know how to describe it you artists maybe can help me here but it's 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 got that kind of uneven like you know i've I've got a brush that i'm i've got these brush strokes that you can you can't really see the strokes but you can see that it's kind of got some unevenness and i i absolutely love i just i think it's fantastic and i think this would be a a gorgeous piece when when hand coloring phased out in the 90s when the digital color was was the thing everybody wanted their their books digital coloring because that was the hot hot new thing and, and of course now it's been around for a long time 25 years or so and it's like oh yeah everything's digital colored now what yeah. hand colored oh my god uh-huh. so what, what's old is new again yeah know? Well, and, and I know, uh, I know Beck and I had this conversation kind of early uh, when, when she and I were first uh, talking is that, you know, one of the things that, that I, I personally don't like, I don't like the over-rendered colors that so many comics have today. And it's, it, it's, it's almost like some of the colors set out to prove how good they are and, you know, at, at coloring. And I, I just want to say, look, this is a comic book. 
right? You don't have to prove to me that you're that you are a colorist supreme or can can paint on the the the. I don't want this is a color. This is a comic book, not a color. Start to say coloring book. This is a comic book. So so you know, kind of color it appropriately and and don't over don't over render everything. I like them a little bit a little bit simpler. Um, I, I, also I like agree with. I agree, Roland. You know, oh, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, you know, um, I was there during that transitional period yeah. from hand drawn to color. So I was a, a color designer. So we would do it by hand, and then hand it off to the digital team. And I was working on a project with um, Joyce Chin, you know, Art Adams' wife. At the sure. Time. And you know, well, I was this young guy. Okay, she's great. And, and I was, I was this young guy trying to prove myself. And she said to me, she said, "You have to be there in support." of the pencils of the inks mm -hmm. it's like watching a a movie where the supporting actor tries to hog the stage <laughs> yeah yeah good, <laughs> yeah. Point. good that point. is a, and, i mean i think that's yeah. a great analogy and i think that's what a lot of and i'm not saying all right but i think that's what a lot of colors do today is they 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 kind of overpower the line art and, and I, you know i'm a huge fan of line art so I, I don't like to see it when i you know look at the colors and i'm like where are the lines where are the inks you know, I, I want to be able to see those big fat lines that the inkers have. You know, I, I love big fat inky lines. Um, All right. Last one. Yep. Last but not least then. Definitely uh, not least. The original art Kickstarter cover. So, Barb, you going to have to explain this one a little bit because this is a, a – Mel Ruby is uh, the cover, but it's Ruby Ruby, and this piece is Ruby Cowbird. So, so talk about that a little bit. I – another – penciler that I've worked on in the past. There's, there's a lot of pencilers I've worked on in the past. Um, got, I contacted him and asked him if he would, uh, would be willing to participate in the Kickstarter. And he was very much willing. Um, but it was only digital that he sent me. And I wanted, I wanted a physical piece. So he sent me the digital, um, his digital artwork completely inked. And uh, I asked him if we could use that for the Kickstarter cover. And he says, yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, so I actually colored that one. I colored the, the, um, the cover for the Kickstarter and that's all Mel Ruby's inks and pencils, but he also gave me the pencils in digital form. And so I actually inked those up myself. So there's two versions of this particular artwork. There's the cover and then there's this uh, one of a kind collaboration between Mel and myself. Very cool. So, um, so yeah, this is a gorgeous piece and I, I've gotten a lot of people commenting on, uh, because you colored the, the, the cover too, right? Yeah. yeah. So I've gotten a, a lot of people commenting on, on what a, what a cool image that one is. And I agree. So, uh, all right. So we spent a long time on, uh, on the Kickstarter, but, uh, I, I feel that this is, there's a lot of good stuff. People need to go out and 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 back this Kickstarter. Uh, two brand new Silverline books uh, that are both. Uh, we've got a couple of new pledges since uh, since we've been talking. So if you're listening to us, thank you very much. Uh, but these are two brand new books. These are the first issues of uh, four issue miniseries. And so uh, yeah, jump on. Uh, oh, jump on now. <laughs> okay, so um, so really you're probably here to hear us talk about what got us in the comics. So uh, I'm going to pick someone who's been kind of silent and, and, yeah. and start and with so, the other guys. I've yeah, done plenty so, of talking. 
So you guys, uh, I, I'm, I'm kind of watching. I'm going to play any mini miny mo here. So what we're looking in. So Brett, uh, also uh, Becca is doing some uh, colors, and Tommy, are you are you coloring or inking, Becca? I'm inking right now. Okay. So Becca, are you inking that project? Designs. What's that? Character designs. Okay, cool. Uh, and Tommy, you're inking as well. Yep. All right. So. Mine. Oh, and you're okay. So, Brett, if you will, uh, maybe uh, try to ping them and put up some other um, art while we're talking. Can you do that and kind of every couple of minutes rotate one of them? What's it say again, Brett? If the art is up there, you can. Yeah, we gotta we gotta screen share it before they can. He can. Okay, so. Well, no, we want to see their art. Uh... <laughs> we can see it up in Thomas' face. Oh, Royal Airships, hey, thank, thank, you. thank you so thank much. You. Yes. Uh, uh, appreciate that very much. And I've got an alarm going off in my head. i got a not in my head, on my... <laughs> Where the heck is it? Yeah. Uh, hang uh, on for just a second. got to get a cord. Uh, stop, alarm. So, uh, so we'll start. What we'll do, Brad? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start with Becca uh, to talk, and then after you talk, Becca, we're gonna pop your art up on the screen um, so people can watch you ink some cool stuff. That work for you? Oh yes, yeah. It's because I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You said it, not me. Oh, I gotta. Okay, so so. All right. Why is it upside down? That's weird. Oh, right. because I have it upside down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, but you're gonna do Becca's. So so yes. knock me out and and Becca, you gotta you gotta share your screen. Yes. Yeah, so so she just did. She came in with a second account here. So we got Becca's iPad or Becca's whatever it was. What was it called? Uh oh, okay. Same name. Um all right, so Becca, why on earth did you get into comic books? Um, why did I get into comics uh comics? It it was kind of an accident. Good uh, answer. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a car crash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny story about that. Yes. Um <laughs> <laughs> um in high school I tried to take a creative writing class but we didn't have a creative writing class so instead I had this class where all we did was read comics which was the first <laughs> time I read a comic and I've always been into drawing so that was like I was like oh I can do both <laughs> yeah and uh and then I got into a really bad car accident and decided, you know, after surviving that, I was like, let me actually go back to school and go for this. Wow. Yeah, Good for I you. So, so literally, literally, a car accident. Yes, yeah. So was the car accident kind of the thing that made you decide, I'm going to do this? Yeah, that was the thing that made me decide. Yeah, uh, I fell 60 feet off a bridge. Good oh, grief. Geez. Oh, wow. my God. Yeah. So I was just like, I survived this. Maybe I should like, you know, start living my life how I want to live it. 
Wow. wow. How are you not like in a wheelchair or something? It was a close call. Um, one of my discs shot out into my spine and uh, the doctor was able to remove it and just fuse it together. So you're a little bit shorter now. Just a little bit. Yeah. Everyone yeah. remind me of that. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So what were some of the, uh, what were some of the first comics that, um, that you read, you, you said you read some comics in high school. What were some of the first comics that you read? Some, what, what stood out to you? I read Blankets. Blankets oh, by Craig Thompson. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I was, I really, the superhero comics was always like confusing to me because there's so many of them yeah. that I just never knew where to start because I grew up reading novels. So I like things that have a start and a finish. <laughs> yeah. Definite one, not yeah. so many different storylines. Uh, but then I read uh, the Runaways with sure. uh, that I really enjoyed. And later on in life, I got into like Saga and all of them. That's a good one. Yeah, and I just I like those type of comics, the yeah. ones that not so much superheroes. Even though I love superheroes, don't get me right. wrong. But, yeah. But it's just it's the idea of the, the beginning and the, and the end, right? Yeah, I like uh, more of that style. And I'm yeah. a fantasy nerd, so. Yeah, fantasy me nerd. too. <laughs> I'm a science fiction guy. Um, so, I, I, and I think, you know, kind of what you're saying there, I think is one of the, um, is one of the strengths of, of Silverline because kind of what we're doing, you know, we're, we're doing these miniseries that will ultimately be packaged together as a as a trade or a graphic novel. And they're going to be a beginning, middle, and end, right? You're going to be able to to, to read a story in one sitting, uh, and that's not to say that you know they're 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 ended as in you know nothing else else happens, but it's going to be like you know you read the first Harry Potter book, you can read the second Harry Potter book, right? You you can still, but in the first Harry Potter book, you get a complete beginning, middle, and end of the story. That's what we want to do with the, our the miniseries that we do is give you a complete story so that you can enjoy it and if it works if people are liking it then we can come back and do another one right yeah um so who are some of the who are some of the artists and or writers that you that you like or inspire you um i'm still learning a bunch of new people sure uh, i've always loved uh bernie wrightson his wow that's that's a great one of my one. best yeah. friends actually really really yes uh, yes, I think I was <laughs> my first year at school when he uh, passed, but I, I just yeah. fell in love with his style, like the brushwork and all that. Um, so we were friends for a long time, a lot of years. It's, it's just, I, honestly, I wish I can get to that level of inking. Just Everybody wishes they could get yeah. to that level yeah. of inking. <laughs> It's absolutely amazing. Um, it's just ours, you know. That's that's yeah. there. There's just it's just, yeah. What what is it? Uh, someone, you know, you've all heard the ten thousand hour thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you spend ten thousand hours at something, then you can become a master. Someone, um, I don't remember who it was. Someone said that the same applies to comics, but it's not about hours; it's about pages. And mm -hmm. so you know, you become a master once you've done, and I don't, I, I'm, I'm just going to toss out a number because I don't remember how many pages that they said, but they were like something like, you know, once you've done a thousand pages, then you can, then you can say that you're a master at the craft. Seriously? Um, I, yeah. Um, so if I did 
4,500 pages. You're a master. Barb, you are a master. I mean, come on now. <laughs> it's, I don't like, it's always myself... better if you can do it in less time. Well, so. you know what? The, the, <laughs> I don't, don't consider myself to be a master. But that's okay. You don't have no, to. We I, can, well, we I mean, can all acknowledge. Master, but I've done that many, and I don't think I've, I'm yes, supposed to be on a master. I totally get it. But we can acknowledge the fact that that you both are masters. And you don't have to feel like it because I think that's, you know, I think that's key to being a master is knowing that, okay, I've got 4,500 pages or whatever it is, but there's still so much. Well, I, I had done do. that many pages. That's a lot of pages. I'm telling oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere between 4,500 and 5,000. But, but that thousand thing, oh, we'll pass that a long time ago. Yeah. 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 Again, I, I don't know if that translates to 10,000 hours, but it's the whole concept behind it all that, you know, yeah. you have to put in some time before you can really be a master. I think if any artist ever says to themselves, I'm as good as I'm ever going to get, and I'm completely satisfied with my work, then it's time to quit. I agree. agree. That's that's the truth. Yeah. It's time to to go be a door greeter at Walmart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you already (laughs) did it all. Now it's time to relax, retire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sid, what about you? What, What got you into, what got you into comics? Well, we've talked, I think, on this show about some of the early things that, you know, my dad read me comics when I was a kid, and uh, Tarzan's one of the early things that uh, he read me, and back when Gold Key had the uh, Tarzan contract, which would have been a lot of Russ Manning in those days, Um, and then uh, I really, you know, got to where I could go go to the drugstore and buy my own comics about the time Joe Kubert took over uh, Tarzan for DC. Uh, it was actually issue three that I, I discovered, or the third issue. I think they continued Gold Key's numbering, but it was the third DC issue, and they were retelling Tarzan of the Apes. And uh, so I, I loved those. Um, I loved Ripley's Believe It or Not, which was a horror comic in the, uh, in the, in the day uh, from Gold Key. And uh, it was, it's the storytelling. The, the art, of course, was interesting to me and, uh, you know, conveyed the story. But uh, uh, the storytelling really uh, caught my attention. Uh, I liked Superman in those days. My dad had a friend who had actually been a huge Superman fan in his youth. And so he goes, you ought to read Superman. I want you to, want you, to you know, read Superman. And he had, he had been a fan of like, the Superman TV series and everything and remembered when George Reeves died and everything. Mm. Um, but so Superman was, uh, was interesting to me. Tarzan was interesting to me. And uh, um, they, uh, they moved the comic book rack out of the drugstore where I, uh, I bought comics. And uh, so we figured out that you could uh, subscribe to, to comics. And, and so, you know, I didn't just subscribe to a lot, but I subscribed to Tarzan, uh, probably to Korak, the son of Tarzan. Uh, and uh, for some reason, I picked Superboy instead of Superman to subscribe to. And Super um, Superboy became Superboy and the Legion of Superheroes. And then uh, just Legion of Superheroes. And... Uh, Mike Grell took over uh, at, uh, at DC for uh, Legion of Superheroes. And th- those just really captured my imagination. And of course, uh, they were uh, yeah, roughly 
you know, they were they were teenagers essentially, a little bit older than me, but uh, you know, they were younger heroes, and maybe that was what you know appealed to me about Superboy. But uh, well, you know, uh, that's that's one of the reasons that a lot of these uh, superheroes had teen sidekicks because you know they created them thinking, oh, this is what we're going to do to you know because part as you know as a storyteller, part of what you have to do as a storyteller is find some way to have um the reader identifies give something for the reader to identify with and so you know i mean superman was an adult you know adult male at that point in time and and so how do you get how do you get younger kids to identify well you come up with superboy right or sidekicks yeah superboy and 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 the whole legion and i I love lightning lad at at, you know at that that time uh and uh, he had Lightning Lad had a, a long history, and he had had uh, an artificial arm at one time. But now, he, at that point, he was back, and he had like a a full full body spandex suit that was very cosmic uh, looking. And uh, he had Cosmic Boy, and all of the you know, and Monel, of course, who's who's been uh, and and uh, Brainiac Five, who were mm. all brought into the uh, Supergirl storyline on uh, on CW. But uh, and uh, those were all in the uh, you know formative stage back then or they had they had been around for a number of years but they were reshaping them and you know the legion had its own comic for for the first time and everything uh, but all of it really just it was about capturing my imagination and mm. uh, so that was what uh that was what you know really was kind of at the heart of my comics interest and I can remember reading comics over and over and over. You know, I, my, my, I was an only child. My dad was pretty generous in letting me have comics, but you still read them up. Yeah. And uh, I, I can remember in summer vacation times reading comics over and over. And then you would get to the backstories, you know, the second stories like Eclipso. And, I, you know, even Eclipso, who is kind of a negative character, but winds up doing good things. Uh, yeah, I kind of realized uh, you know, as I read things and it finally got around to the backup stories, Hey, there's good stuff going on here with Eclipse. So <laughs> he's kind of, he's kind of cool. So, so those, those, that was my intro into comics. And of course, comics got uh, more and more cool as I, you know, uh, got older and got into college and everything. Uh, but as far as writing comics, um, I, uh, I, I, my interest in comics turned to storytelling and, um, you know, I started out writing uh, the first things I could place was poetry. And then I placed poetry. I placed some short <laughs> stories, eventually sold some novels and uh, started looking around for places to, uh, to push my novels, to stump for my novels. And uh, you and I met mm-hmm. at, uh, I probably at Coast Connor Nassif, uh first. I don't, I don't remember which, uh, probably, probably Coast Con in uh, Biloxi, uh, Biloxi, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, we I were, think I think it was Coast Con. Yeah, and uh, I saw you guys around because you had a table, and then yeah. I think we wound up. Then you know, suddenly we were on some panels together, mm-hmm. and uh, um, we got to talking at that point. And uh, you said, "Well, have you ever thought about writing comics?" And I go, "Well, yeah, but uh, you know, it's kind of a tough field to break into." <laughs> 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 and so, uh, you know, so you and I started talking, kicking some ideas around, and. Uh, it started, I think it conversation started at Coast Con mm-hmm. in uh, Biloxi, Mississippi and continued 
uh, at NASA, the New Orleans Science Fiction and Fantasy Festival uh, held and, in New Orleans. Uh, and, and if you follow the uh, Silverline Facebook page, uh, either last week or a week before that, uh, you will notice that Silverline posted some throwback photos that has uh, you and I uh, on, on a panel there. Yeah, uh, looks yeah, like a true. baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, it was, uh, it was in the uh, uh, mullet heaven. Uh, I was just going to say, I was digging the mullet there too. Yeah, yeah. Sid, yeah. Sid, yeah. Sid, I meant to pass on to you. I showed it to your, uh, I showed the pictures to your former boss, Noelani, and, uh, uh, and and her response back to me was like, "Look at all that hair on both of you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and and you know, we all, we all, everybody had a lot of hair in those days. So we yeah. still, we still got some, but yeah, but yeah, a lot in those days. But we started talking. I need and, a haircut. And yeah. uh, Matt, I, I, yeah, me too. But I, I've got it like tacked down. But uh, but uh, Mantis, the Mantis Files uh, became like my first idea. I think that we decided to move forward with, and an uh, artist named Thomas yeah. Giles. Uh, and, that you and, had found in New I, Orleans. I've looked for him, by the way. I've looked for him, and uh, uh, I think the inker was Floyd Robinson. I've looked for both of them, and I have not been able to to locate them at all. That's unfortunate because Th- yeah. Thomas was great. Thomas yeah. was a great penciler. Yep. And uh, he was in New Orleans, and so um, I lived in Central Louisiana, and so it was great. But I could say, and Mantis goes to St. Louis Cemetery Number Two, and he could, you know, go out and yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> experience it. And, yeah. Uh, and weave it right so, in. So, so one of the things that before we move on to the next person, one of the things I actually want to kind of to to, and there may not be an answer from you, but what probably uh, some may not know is Sid, you, you've written like a dozen horror novels, right? I mean, am I, uh, about a dozen. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's right at a dozen now when you okay. get into, yeah. uh, you, you count everything. Uh, Cause, yeah. Cause you've written some, some straight horror novels and then you've written some, some horror for younger readers, right? Yeah. 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 So I wrote, uh, I wrote three uh, novels um, under the name Michael August okay. for young, younger readers. Yeah. And, uh, I wrote a novel, one I talk about a lot because I'm really pleased with it, is a novel called Disciples of the Serpent, yeah. which is that's, a tie-in tie to a series, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I will, you know, I have to say I was very, I'm very happy that I got to be one of your very early readers on that. Yeah, early reader on that. Yeah, uh, we work, workshop that uh, in yeah. our little uh, private writers group. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um and actually a short story I wrote for a magazine called Cemetery Dance turned into a screenplay and then into a novel called Dark Hours. So it was, it was eight novels for a long time because I, I kind of got into corporate work and I stopped writing for a while, wrote a, a graphic novel during that time, but uh, um, came back and wrote uh, two more, uh, more recently. I, ha- I have one kind of in the pipeline at, uh, at Silverline, at uh, Crossroad Press mm. called um, uh, Fool's Run, uh, a New Orleans noir novel. Sure. Uh, so that's in the editorial process somewhere. I think I've read parts of that too, haven't I? Uh, yeah, 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 you read a lot of that. That's uh, what I thought. And, uh, got, it got reshaped a little bit in, you yeah. know, in the, the final go-around. Uh, but yeah, I've always been both. Uh, so you know, so what is gonna, a, a what... comics writer and a, a novelist. So what I was going to ask though is is are there any early um, are there any er- early horror comics that you could say might have influenced you specifically as like 
this is I want to write like my com and my horror comics like this guy right here or well certainly Bernie Wrightson I mean okay. as an yeah. artist yeah. Uh, you know was uh, uh, did beautiful stuff I mean uh, you know beautiful horror stuff and when they took the um, and actually yeah, these are things that were influences on my novels um, but when they took the magazine uh, the the comic book rack out. Uh, was also around the time that that black and white magazines were uh, were burgeoning. Uh, Warren had already existed, uh, most famous for doing Vampirella and right. then Creepy and Eerie, and uh, a few other uh, properties. Uh, they had been around a while, and Marvel, without an actual Marvel logo, was kind of mimicking those with black and white comics. And uh, so I had some Creepy, some Eerie, some uh, some Vampirella. And I had, uh, uh, but there, these were magazines. And so the magazine rack remained and that's kind of where I went to ah, for gotcha. comics and really? vampire tales was new, which uh, there, there's a movie now with uh, Morbius, Michael Morbius, uh, uh, somewhere in the development. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know how much uh, the pandemic has affected it. Which but, was a Spider-Man uh, villain. Yeah. Is. He was a Spider-Man villain and he mm -hmm. kind of became his own lead character in a, a story each month in vampire tales. Yeah. And then there would be other stories. Now, some of them were things that Marvel was recycling. They had been in different monster hard titles that Marvel had through the years, but you'd get like, you know, this magazine, it would have like, you know, a ton of stories in it, a Morbius feature and then several backup stories. And so that that brought me into thinking about horror, especially horror short stories, a good bit. And interestingly, one time my uh, my uh, cousin, I had a cousin that was visiting who was in those days a little more into horror than I was. And uh, we went to the drugstore. This was when they still had uh, the drugstore rack, the comics rack. And my dad took him and me. I think he was staying with us a few days or something, you know. And uh, he took both of us to uh, the store and, you know, goes, you guys pick you out some comics. And so I got action comics. I got, uh, you know, some Superman, some Batmans. And he got like House of Mystery, House of Secrets, uh, you know, some of those. And uh, they all stayed with me because, you know, he was just <laughs> visiting. And so I uh, wound up reading, you know, Cain and Abel. Uh, Cain and Abel were the hosts of the uh, this respective uh, House of Secrets, House of Mystery and uh, each was a collection of horror short stories. And, and Bernie, I think Bernie Wrightson had, did some of the art on those and some of the covers. Uh, but so, you know, had that slipped into the mix of my reading just because yeah. that was what my cousin was more interested in. And he now puts up cell phone towers and, uh, and I, write, <laughs> I write horror. So, uh, yeah, it see, just seems uh, natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, very cool. Uh, Tommy, why don't you, uh, uh, so actually before we go, uh, Becca, let's go ahead and we'll, we'll talk about, this is a new project, right? That you're, you're inking character designs for. Yeah, yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the artist is Chris Lanning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's and, the penciler. Yep, he's the, he's the penciler. Sorry, I said artist, but I meant penciler. Because <laughs> you're, you're an artist as well, yeah. Um, and so this is for a project, uh, we'll give you the name of it, but we'll talk about it more on down the line. This is for a project called something big. It's from Sid and, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into this project. As you can see, uh, we're still in the, uh, character design phases. So, uh, we're, it's very early on in this project. And so 
we'll, we'll, we'll maybe get the team on sometime and talk about this in the future. It's actually uh, a bit of a spoiler here. So <laughs> it, it is, yeah. A bit, yeah, yeah. A bit. Uh, all right, Tommy, kick, kick Becca off and then uh, uh, tell us what got you into comics. All right, let me see if I can. Uh, boom. Uh oh. Did it work? Did it work, Brett? Share. I wish this was easier to yes. do. Yeah. 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 Um, I got into uh, what, what, not how I got into comics, but what made me start reading comics. You know, I kind of started doing it a little different than the, it was. I'm more. It was more from the uh, cartoons, Saturday morning cartoon kind of things, and the uh, the funny papers, and the you know the funny, the uh, the Sunday comic strips and the thing that's where i started kind of uh you know but spider-man was always my big uh yeah when i saw spider-man on the rack when i was when i was little you know and i pulled a spider-man comic book it's like i've got it i love spider-man and you know and and do you guys remember the old tv show called the electric company do you remember that of course yes yes you remember they had they had a spider-man character yeah, on there. Mm-hmm. That was oh. the first time I think I ever saw Spider Man, and then I saw him on the stand, and I'm like, "Is that the same guy? Is that the <laughs> same?" And and I was, uh, you know, love comics ever ever since then. It's so the only know. reason I watched the Electric Company, just to hope that that guy would <laughs> yeah. show up, right? Yep, yep. Of course, I knew yeah. who Spider Man was already, but that was the only reason I watched the Electric Electric Company. So hopefully, I'd get a shot of uh, Spider Man. You know, I don't know if. I don't remember which was first for me, if, if, if it was that or if it was uh, seeing it on the rack. I don't, I, you know, it's, it was, it was, I was a little kid. So, but that was, uh, that was for, for me, that was the very beginning of when I started liking, liking comics. Wow. Yeah. So, so at what point in time, um, so that's when you started liking comics, but at what point in time did you say, I want to do this? Was there a, was there a comic uh, or an artist or, uh, something that just made, that inspired you? Uh, you know, I always used to draw uh, back through grade school and then high school and stuff. I, I like to draw, even though I, I've got a computer science background and that's what I went to college for. Uh, but it's, um, I always wanted to, I always like to draw. I would draw stuff for, uh, you know, all the kids in school. I'd make these little, little, little strips for the kids, you know, comic strips, not stripping. Ooh. But, uh, you know, so I would just, uh, I was just drawing all the time. I never took any drawing classes. I just, I just pick things up. I always, and let's clarify, able... when you say for the kids in school, you meant your classmates, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> you, you were a kid too then, but yeah. I was a kid, you know, the, the other kids in school is what I meant yeah. to say. Gotcha. But, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to, to, to draw in, in and talk. Yeah. But, I should have, I should have. Um, we should have kept Becca on and let you talk, and then after you talk, move on. <laughs> but but yeah, it's um, for Brent. But it was uh, yeah, really. <laughs> you know, it, it, it. You know, really, what got me doing comics was uh, you know it was back at uh, USM. I was mm-hmm. in the in the dorm playing uh, role playing comic book games and stuff, mm-hmm. and and I met some guys there that uh, that were breaking into comics and. And I kind of saw them doing it and like, 
shit, I can, oops, sorry, yeah. I meant, like, uh, <laughs> beep, you know, beep, I can beep. do that, so I, you know, I still did my computer, oh, there's, my screen just flipped around crazy, I, uh, I, I was like, you know, I can, I can draw, I can, well, I can't draw that well, but I can draw, and then, no, you know, and, I know what you said, because I know who you met at USM, you said, you said, if they can do it, I can do it. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> but I was an idiot because I couldn't do it. But I got, but I got, uh, you know, I, I, I hung out with those guys. I don't know who they are, who they yeah, were. I wouldn't know. But, I no, think we're going to no. see some, I think we're going to see some pictures, uh, maybe Thursday that has, that has you in it from about 1990. I know. It's, <laughs> wow. uh, but yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it was just, uh, you know, I, it was, like what you know and i always had the thing where i wanted to draw okay so i started doing all the computer stuff yeah then i'm changing the story up as i'm going i i i got a computer science degree because i wanted to to do games i wanted to write games and all this stuff i love the code um in a computer program and um you know so i i i knew i could draw to do my games codes you know for all the graphics and stuff and then when i got out of school um i just started hanging out with those guys you're one of them um and um y'all, i knew y'all that dragged but no one me, else did yeah i know nobody <laughs> y'all y'all dragged me uh screaming down this this uh this uh career that's yep. uh, turned out to be so cool and so i'm so happy for i'm so glad that you guys uh included me and and helped me break in and uh thank goodness it's been, it's been a great ride for all this time and still doing it still you doing know, it today it, it's funny you know kind of hearing you talk about that i, I do kind of look back over kind of my time in comics and i and i find that one of the things and if you'd asked me this 30 years ago i would have laughed at you but i i find one of the things that i can do and my wife tells me this she's like i i can be I, I play the role of cheerleader really well. And, and it's not something, it's not something I just said, you know what, I'm going to be a comics cheerleader. I'm going to encourage people. Nope. I just, it just, it's one of the things because I think I love comic books so much. And when I see people having fun with it, 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 it excites me. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, Becca, one of the things I, you know, I've, I've, you and I have swapped messages about is it, are you having fun? Is this fun for you? Because I do not want her to be sitting there going, man, I cannot, I I don't want to be doing this. This is no fun. I'd rather go back to the daycare than do this. Right. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, to me, that just kind of d- defeats the purpose. And, and, and so, yeah, but, but I, if you, if you had said something to me like 30 years ago, I would have went, yeah, right. Uh-huh. That's not me. Um, well, one of the one of the things I re- I remember when trying to break in or, or hanging out with you guys is I wanted to at some point I I went in you know both feet I wanted to do this so bad and I was doing ink samples for you and I was bringing them to your house and I'd show you and all that kind of stuff and and you were like, like okay, every ten days yeah I know I know I was bugging <laughs> like clockwork just like and, clockwork uh, man. and and. And, you know, I was thinking that I was really good, but, you know, I wasn't, but I was thinking I was really good. And I, uh, and at some point you were like, just keep practicing. And I'm like, well, I really want to break into comics. And then I heard you say, I don't think I've ever told you this. Uh-oh. I heard you say um, that you were talking about needing a, uh, 
somebody to help you do some lettering of something. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to break in somehow. I'm going to do some lettering. So I did some letter. <laughs> you don't remember this. I brought you some letter samples and you go, why are you doing this? Keep with your inks. Don't do the lettering. You're so good at inking already. Just keep inking. Well, don't, I do, don't, don't, you don't remember that? I do that? not remember that at yeah. all. No. You basically, you took my letters and like, I'm, you can, you're going to be a good inker. Just throw, and so on. Okay, forget this stupid lettering. <laughs> 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 i do not remember because i that. wanted to get in so bad i yeah. was like i've got to do something to get in and yeah. you're just like keep practicing with the inks keep practicing. you'll get you'll get there <laughs> i you do didn't not want to scare me down the nothing not that there's anything wrong with it i mean a, 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 a bad letter will kill a book just as yes. much as a good letter will make it look great yeah. but it's like you're like you know your, your inks are really getting good don't you know, keep doing that we need we need we need you know we need the artist's part we yeah need to do the art stuff we can because <laughs> i think uh, i think we know somebody that does lettering on the side we're not going to mention people's names yeah yeah no no, no uh, thought, hey, listen yeah. you got past that one really yeah, yeah 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 before we <laughs> move on i want to change my answer having heard oh. you <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the mention of the electric company made me remember uh when i was a, a little kid i watched the uh the spider-man cartoon series and, and they had a fantastic four mm. that we could get in those days but the old spider-man where you know it was a stationary background and, and they moved yeah. spider-man in front of it yeah. and had the, of course the the song uh spider-man spider-man yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. a spider can but yeah. no, that, that actually was around the same time uh you know very early that was i, I loved that spider-man yeah me too yeah. me too yeah um all right so so yeah tommy tommy what are you eating there this is page i don't know page uh 18 of trump's oh man i, I love that last panel there the way it's drawn i can't I wait to you. see can't wait to see you finish it uh so let's move because i think we're we're losing fast let's move on to brent all right yes brent hey, good what morning got, what, got, what got you into comics um, what got me, well, I, I got into comics, uh, because when I was 12, I was starting to get really into GI Joe, uh, figures and, and all this and that. And I was playing with those a lot. And a friend my, mom, just said, my hey. mom used to call those dolls playing with my GI Joe dolls, <laughs> but she was not dolls, mama, but she was wrong. They are not yes. dolls. They no, will never be dolls. They will always be. Action fully imposable action, action figures, figures yes right. and but, um, alex got gi joe comics there look at that yeah yeah <laughs> um but uh a friend said hey check this out and he brought me a, uh, an issue of gi joe number 12 and what's so funny to me is that was if he had brought 11 issue 11 i've been like this is cool or 10 or whatever but 12 was the first chapter in this multi-length storyline that had snake eyes and gung-ho and breaker and all these guys that i had the figures for and i'm like wow it's like it's like i'm seeing them but i'm they're in a story i don't have to make up you know things like you know they're, they're cobra is attacking again why i don't know it's what they do okay <laughs> but no longer now they were actually in a real story and i was like this is really cool and so i just would started following them. and after a while i'm like i don't know if i care about the toys anymore but the G.I. Joe is pretty awesome, so I'm going to just stick with it. So <laughs> I, by then, I was full on comics, and or at least with G.I. Joe. 
And then I remember really specifically, um, dad was in the military. Uh, the, um, the military bookstore was called the Stars and Stripes. And I went to the Stars and Stripes. I was in Germany, um, just fully ready to get the next issue of G.I. Joe. And it wasn't in, and I was like, I'm not going home empty handed. So I wonder if they have any other comic books. And what do you know? They did. So I was like, huh, there's one or two of them here. And I remember, um, I picked up an issue of Avengers number 252 and I thumbed through it. And this is probably more info than needed, but when my, I was a young kid, my, my parents got me these old maid cards that had all uh-huh. the Marvel superheroes on them. And, and Dr. Doom was the old maid because he just can't get a break. That's but uh, one of the characters was the vision. And I'm like, this guy's awesome. Who is this guy? And then I picked up 252 and I'm like, hey, he's in here. And what do you know? He's married to this hot mutant chick. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> so I bought it. And because I'm very impressionable, or at least I was back then, I'm sure I'm not anymore. But anyway, um, I just started buying the Avengers. And then I'm like, wow, I could buy all this stuff. So I became a Marvel guy practically overnight. And and my friends would tell me about DC. And I'm like, I'm so not interested in you or your your life choices but i knew it was mostly because i just couldn't afford it but anyway so up through high school up through college um i never quit and um people thought i was weird and i'm like well you're weird and that was the best i could come up with but um i remember reading watchmen for the first time because i just heard about it i'm like okay this is about superheroes, but it's also about life in a way I never actually thought comics could do. Um, and uh, around that time, uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns also was out. And I remember thinking, I think I can be an adult and still like comics. I think it's okay. I don't, I don't have to submit to a board or anything like that. I'm just going to give myself permission to like comics as an adult. So so I started reading um, a lot of that kind of stuff, and then one day, uh, this was the 90s, when um, all, all of the, uh, the tri-cut covers were out, and Marvel was putting out all of this stuff that, frankly, wasn't very good, but it was very shiny and pretty, and I'm like, I don't even stuff anymore. I quit. So I sold my whole collection to a local used bookstore in punching myself in the face every day ever since um but the thing was i i still loved comics and so i just buying them again and that was when i knew they had me and there was no escape so i just kept reading them and then um i started to get in, interested in writing i started uh, uh I, I taught myself how to screenwrite i did it through um, the correspondence course kind of thing. This is right around when the internet started getting big, so I'm, it might have been the last correspondence. Course. I don't know, but anyway, so I learned that stuff, and I started writing and working with a group, and I still do making short films, and uh, just had a lot, having a lot of fun with that. But in the last few years, I started realizing that um, the story. I was really enjoying getting to tell these kind of small scope stories. Um, but a lot of times they took place in 
in an office building and that's because I work in an office building and we can shoot there for free. And I'm like, you know, I would love to tell a story that was not in an office building. What about like a story in space or with these huge explosions or whatever this and that. And I knew it would never happen. I could write them and you'll notice that no one, there's not really a market for people who like reading screenplays. The only people who buy those are other screenwriters who want to know how you did it so they can copy your style, basically. And there's nothing wrong with that. I do it all the time. But (laughs) I uh, was like, I would love to tell a real story that was fully presented, but but could reflect what I actually want to tell without any limits at all. And it just hit me. That's what comics are. When you're writing comics, you don't have to worry about your special effects budget. You don't have to worry about getting Chris Evans to play the main character. You don't have to worry about um, if the uh, cinematographer wants to do it another way, in which case he'll walk unless you give him a chance to do what he wants. Um, You can just do what you want. It's like, that is actually really cool. So... um, and right around that time, Roland, um, a friend introduced the two of us, and we just started eating a lot of Japanese food and talking about <laughs> yeah. um, comics in the 80s. And and so I would say, oh, I love this guy. And you're like, I know that guy. And I'm like, no way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we would just sit and talk. And, and um, I just remember whenever we would talk, we would talk and laugh. And then have to pee a lot because we've been there three hours and we drank like two liters of Diet Coke. Yeah. Yeah. No diet for me, just Coke. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I was like, well, hey, check it out. I um, want to try writing a comic story. And it's something that had been kicking around in my head. and, And you were like, well, I'll talk you through it and let's just give it a shot. And um, that's. See, that goes back to that cheerleader thing. Yeah, you know, it's... I don't like picturing you in the outfit, but other than that, it's <laughs> awesome. Yes, that yeah. is that's a very good strength of yours, Roland. So I, I I won't show you pictures from the Powder Puff football game when I was in high school, Dan. No, oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I mean, and you were right. The funny thing is, when I look back on it, I just think about the fact that so many of us, especially at this time in our lives, we're just at this place where we're like. I think I might have uh, spent all my creative capital and now it's time to look at the important things like the stock market, which I'm like, (laughs) well, then I'm toast because I don't give a crap about that stuff. (laughs) So what am I going to do? And then talking to you. Yeah. And you were like, there's no reason why you can't do this. You know what? (laughs) Right. Let's go get some Japanese food. And (laughs) And then we would just, Keep going it was great so. and then you told me i like del taco too yeah, del taco. <laughs> yes fuel so that's, that's very kind of cool it's wearing the sponsored shirt yeah my wife oh yeah it's sure especially is. <laughs> made for me actually because you can't uh, buy it and so brent, brent larson is like. personally brought to you by del taco that's right I, the first time i ever <laughs> ate it at del it's taco like a nascar was... driver right? <laughs> yes yeah. i'm the first human being sponsored by del taco yes <laughs> so i remember because uh, when kablam is in session right uh I, I go down there probably oh every 
five, four or five, six weeks, something like that, and uh, just try to grab lunch with them. And we were trying to decide where to go one time. And they said, what about Del Taco? And I said, well, I've never been to a Del Taco. And I said, what is it? And Tommy says, I'll never forget this. He says, what is he says, it's Taco Bell with French fries. Oh, yeah, that's what I did say. <laughs> that assessment <laughs> is terribly overstated, and I cannot get behind it. I'm sorry. Taco so, there, Bell, there's no reason why that place should have French fries. But they have hamburgers, too, so I don't know. Well, it's for the people that don't want tacos. That get, well, then go know, somewhere yeah. else. Go to, the, go to Burger King. King or something. Well, they're, they're with their friends, you know. And so they, yeah. Tommy's real, not really known as being an occlusive quarter kind of guy. Um, Everyone has that one family member that whenever you go for Chinese or Mexican, they get the hamburger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's my sister. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I've yeah. often said Del Taco's hamburgers are like eighty percent hamburgers. <laughs> it's like they're trying, and they almost got there. So, really, what are you doing? <laughs> to put a taco no, I don't mind going there. It's it's a good place to go to, but it's just like you go in there and it's like burgers and and they're gonna start doing hot dogs and stuff next, and then I'm not going again. <laughs> well. What I say is Del Taco, there's two kinds of people in this world. People who love Del Taco and people who can come to appreciate Del Taco, but they will never truly let the the power of Del Taco into their hearts. So you're one that loves Del Taco? (laughs) Yeah. All right, moving on. Tim, how about you, man? What got Uh, you into comics? Well, I'll see if we can get this in here, but my uh, arm there is kind of is the full story. There's Stan Lee. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so the first two things were... Did you have that when you were in my class? I did not. I got that okay. after I moved uh, across the country again. Okay, I was uh, going to say, because I, I think we would have actually talked about this if you were in the class with that. <laughs> if I walked into that, yeah. yeah. Some yeah. guys actually did that in your class. <laughs> yeah. Skin <laughs> <laughs> stick and poke in the back of Roland's room. Um, yeah. No. Uh, so... Uh, my dad had his own collection of comics, just a few things, like early prints of Superman and Captain America and like one or two issues of the X-Men. Uh, I read that and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, also the years we're going to put out here in the runs is probably going to be, uh, ostensibly, uh, more recent than, uh, some of the other people in chat here since, uh, Becca, Alex and I are kind of the onions of the crowd. <laughs> uh, yeah. The babies. <laughs> so, uh, but then um, I had a friend who had the 99 Astonishing X-Men run. Yeah. And that's, uh, we joked about that a couple weeks ago, but Pouch has made me the man I am today. Um, <laughs> and for me, it was more just the cool factor of what I saw, this bunch of uh, ripped people <laughs> fighting. I was like, all right, <laughs> I can find that. Is that um, the Joss Whedon run? Uh, 99. Actually, I pulled that up because I was thinking about it. Um, John Cassidy, uh, I think. Let's see. I'm not sure if it was. Uh, but uh, um, but that's kind of what got me interested in comics again. Is just like, oh, this is a cool format. Um, because, uh, like, first thing, like, what we liked about it was anything happened there was no special effects budget they kind of just 
the writers and artists said like hey this is cool let's put a giant blue man with wings on the sheet and see what happens uh <laughs> and uh, i was super into it um then that led me into getting uh my star wars fix with the dark empire comic series um mm -hmm. and i was super into that uh and then uh for a little bit i phased out of comics uh, i transitioned more to the novel side of stuff and um it wasn't until 2009 ish that uh wow. messiah, messiah complex came out the uh the like the three-year mega arc with x-men x-force and uh cable mm -hmm. and just the the fact that it was this massive serial story across multiple serials um again with very cool dudes with lots of pouches um <laughs> and the uh the the fact that they're taking talk away in a lot of uh adult themes that i'm starting to kind of appreciate at the time as i'm starting to mature uh i i that kind of made me love the medium as a whole again was uh uh just um this whole take on, well, I mean, the, the, the traditional tropes of the X-Men lab, uh, how I view other people, how we coexist, um, how taking different sides within our own ranks, mm. and just the very, the, the different nuances that were pushed with this, and Cable had this whole, like, um, self versus self storyline that they did with Stripe, which I thought was really cool. Um, so then I started reading everything Cable. Um, and 2014 was the X-Force series written by Simon Spurrier with art done by Rocky Kim. And I, at that point, um, I was super into Kojima type stuff and his whole weird art style. And so I saw Rocky Kim do the art for this X-Force and how weird and cool it was. I'm like, I just wanted to make something cool enough that Rocky Kim would do art for it. <laughs> um, just the whole, the cool factor of it was so much for me. Um, and <laughs> so at that point, I'm like, well, I don't really know how I go about doing this. So I started writing prose. I wrote a couple short stories, um, got them published. And then um, I kind of thought, well, what about uh, video games? Because... Uh, I see these ads for a school called Full Sail, and they talk about writing <laughs> video games, and that's a visual art form. <laughs> uh, so I enrolled, and then um, we get to your class, and <laughs> talk about writing comics. I'm like, oh, this is what I want to do. Um, and um, that, I, like, uh, really kind of helped set me up for writing much more visually. And then, uh, of course, through the wonders of nepotism, uh, got me here. <laughs> yeah. the wonders of <laughs> you know it's it's funny it, it it's the way the world works and uh the, the one thing i will say one of the things i like and sid used to teach there he taught there for uh several years one of the things that i like about full sale is that uh, and I'm guessing the Kubert school is probably this way too uh is they try to focus on real world education and so one of the things that they they work hard to do is get 
uh, not just people in there who have a degree, but people who have have worked in the industry from which they're going to teach. So like when Sid was there, he taught horror stuff. Uh, horror, um, uh, his horror, horror mystery and suspense. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, here's a guy who's who's had the experience in the industry writing that thing, and now he gets to teach it. And um, so one of the things that, that you know, I try to always talk about in class is that, you know, it's, it's a lot of times it's not really always what you can do, but a lot of times it's who, you know, um, I mean, you still got to be able to do the work. Yeah. 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 Of course you have to be able to do the work, but, but, you know, and I'm going to say, I'm going to use Becca as an example here. Uh, you know, um, Becca is obviously super talented. We've seen her stuff, but probably she wouldn't be here if Alex hadn't said, Hey, I, there's a connection here, right? I got something that's possibility. So Becca knew Alex who was already doing stuff for us. And that's kind of how that, again, Becca, as Tommy was saying, you got to be able to do the stuff. Becca could do the stuff, but her connection with Alex is, is what made it happen. Um, Alex. um but you know but that's just that's just that is how the world works and so i mean i'm i am excited that i get to actually say that in class and and my supervisors above me don't care no you can't tell them that you can't tell them that that they need to know people i'm like but you know if they did i would i you know i I would probably tell them anyway but uh, because you know a lot of times schools want to want to push that's what you know not necessarily who you know and and I think there's, I think there's a little bit of both. Uh, you got to know, you got to know the stuff. But uh, yeah, if you know some people, it's gonna, gonna help. Yeah. Nepotism. I hadn't thought about it that way. It's pretty <laughs> much that way in every industry. Yeah, yeah it totally is. Totally is in the yeah. film industry. Yeah. Well, you know, I, it, one of the things I'd say in class is like people want to work with people that they know. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I use Sid as an example uh, frequently. Is that you know part of <laughs> i'm sorry i'm trying to read alex's thing there. uh part of the reason um uh, you know i i anytime i'm doing something comic-y you know this is silverline 3.0 but anytime the the new silverline pop sips you know one of the first phone calls i make because I know Sid. I like Sid. I assume Sid ha- likes me because he hangs out with me, right? Uh, I know what he can do. I know that that you know. I know that he's a good writer, and I know that he can can deliver. And so it's it's easy, it, you know, because I mean, Sid's super talented, but it's also easy because I know him, and it's so it's easier to work with Sid than to try to you know wander around and look for someone else who might you know also be able to tell good stories, but. You know, I know Sid. I've, I've known him for a long time, so it's fun to work with him. And that's, that's just the way it goes. Um, okay, so I was going to holler at John, but he looks like he's having internet connections. Oh, oh there's John. He's back. So, John, you can hear me. It's John, you, you want to go? You, you good to go? Sure, I'm, up. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be last gym class although i think i may be lost nope no you're not no you're not yeah that's kind of why i was wanting to call on you and yeah so (laughs) what got you into comics oh my god i don't know i don't even know where to start um i as we've been listening to everybody's stories i see that there's a lot of contemporaries in here with me um from the different uh generations 
I'm kind of able to steal and pick some of the different thoughts. Uh, friends, you know, you and I share the love for G.I. Joe, and that's mm-hmm. definitely part of my story. Sydney, you mentioned that you were an only child and did a lot of reading, and your parents uh, supported that. That with me, too. Curtis, when you said uh, Joyce Chin and Art Adams, my jaw dropped. I'm like, oh, my God, I love his stuff. Um, when I was a kid, like way before even comics, I was really a voracious reader. Um, you know how in elementary school they send out those scholastic book orders and you could order whatever books that you want? Well, usually half of the class order was mine. So my parents <laughs> were supportive of buying me anything I wanted to read as long as I read it. So that was awesome, you know, having parents that really understood that reading was such an important skill and to be able to read well. Um, they didn't care what I read as long as I was reading, and that was awesome. Um, I had an aunt and uncle. Well, I have an aunt and uncle um, that were big comic book fans, too. Uh, they read March, like mostly like the Archies and the Richie Riches, the other Harveys. So they would always gift me a bunch of their comics. Um, there were some superheroes sprinkled in there, too, so I was familiar. But those were kind of like the primary ones I got from Uncle Mike and Aunt A. Um, when I went to visit my grandma's house on my mom's side, there was always a stack of DC comics that were left behind from one of my uncles. So I was always reading through those. And my favorite issue of that was Batman versus the Hangman. It was the coolest cover ever. And it's like every time I'm going to grandma's, I'm like, I'm reading comics. This is great. Um, and then here's a throwback to show how old I am. I still remember a specific day that my dad and I were in the A&P looking on the <laughs> spinner rack. A&P, yep, and then um, there was a specific issue of Spider-Man that I saw. I was like, ooh, I need this one, and he, hit, uh, he hooked me up with that, as well as a Hanna-Barbera issue, uh, so, you know, kind of like both ends of the spectrum there. Um, as a kid, the holiest of all holidays that's near and dear to my heart, um, I know we probably shouldn't talk religion, because that could kind of drive some people away, but my Free religion... comic book day is not a holiday. No, 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 but the first... <laughs> But the first release date of Star Wars is, and that's what I was going for. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, have a, I have a religious icon tattooed on my forearm. <laughs> you got one on the forearm? What do you have? Oh, you missed a Stan Lee? He's got oh. Stan Lee. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I saw the Stan Lee. Okay. Okay. So I have uh, Han Solo's HP-44 and uh, Boba Fett's Mandalorian. Cool. <laughs> oh, very cool. Um, in my my last job, I actually had a shrine to Boba Fett in my office, and so there were like nine carded figures behind me, a whole bunch of stuff on the side, a whole other thing. Today, I did a Target run because I was out of Diet Pepsi and needed drinks. Sure. There's a real super cool uh, Boba Fett phone holder that I just picked up that has wiring. Uh, anyway, but I digress. So, um, <laughs> you know, May, May 25th, 1977 really was the starting point that changed my whole life. I was four years old. I'm thrust into this whole new world. And I really think that, ch- a that whole changed. New world. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, it really kind of changed the direct uh, trajectory of how my brain worked. And all of a sudden I wanted to think and create and, you know, all the different stories. Oh, my God, that was everything. Um, my true collecting started in junior high um, in sixth grade with uh, Spider-Man, actually. I was in a social studies class taking an exam. I was done early. My buddy Steve, who was next to me, was done early. He had two comics on his desk. I'm like, hey, what are those? 
and he gave me a Spider-Man one to read, and I was hooked. Um, I was, which one? Oh, no, I'm just, I, I remember those days. Yeah. Yep. So this would have been uh, like 84, 85-ish. Um, there was a convenient food store that was in the strip mall in front of my junior high in Glendale Heights, Illinois. And they also, I heard the words before, that's why I know y'all are my contemporaries, spinner rack. They had a spinner rack. <laughs> and I knew, I started putting down what was going to be out every week. I had my little spiral notebook, so I knew what was going to go in there. It got to the point where I'd rush in there and I'd like, okay, new comics? And they're like, we didn't even open the package yet. We didn't even inventory the books yet. I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> You know, so I inventoried their books, made sure they were all there, and I was able to get the best ones out of there. That was really, really cool. Um, so when I was in seventh grade, I'm in music class, and I'm talking to one of the students. And when, I'm a, when I was a kid, I was kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Because I don't want to totally put myself naive, all right? I was naive. <laughs> and I had a kid in my music class telling me about this store that he went to that was nothing but comics. And I'm like, yeah, right. Okay, I'm not falling for that. There's no way there's a store just about comics. He's like, oh, yeah, there is. And there's a super cool story, 12 issues, 20 bucks. I'll pick it up for you if you want it. And I'm like, okay. I'm thinking I'm going to get ripped off for 20 bucks here, right? So I give him 20 bucks. Comes back the next week. The complete set of Marvel Superhero Secret Wars, issues 1 through 12. Oh, wow. Now we're in my hand. And I read those, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Um, at the same time, there was another student that was in seventh grade with me whose dad owned a different convenient food store. And so he would actually bring comics to the school, sell them to the kids at school because they never even made it to their spinner rack. Um, he charged us like 10 cents more per book for delivery fee. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so his dad had his own internal distribution network. Um, but that's how like those things were getting into my hands. And that's how I got to sample different titles because, you know, whatever he brought in, I'm like, that looks cool. I'll try it. That looks cool. I'll try it. Um, I found out about this mysterious comic book store. Uh, it was called Comic Cave. It was in Wheaton, Illinois. And their address was 123 and a half Front uh, Street. The half being it was in a basement. So you know, you have the downtown area. You had to go down the stairs, kind of like Cheers, only there were more stairs. And it was dark, and it was awesome. I I walked in, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm home. <laughs> I need to be. Um, I vividly remember that first visit, um, seeing, since I know uh, you guys were all talking uh, sidekicks earlier, the X-Men versus Teen Titans crossover book mm. was already on like their wall behind. That was important. Uh, I remember on the newsstand, at, well, their newsstand at that point, um, the G.I. Joe issue with Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow both standing with their swords drawn, explosion behind them. I remember Nightcrawler's miniseries. I remember Rocket Raccoon's miniseries was on the, on the shelves. It was just like, oh my god, all these things I've never seen before. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Uh, so going along with that, you know, I always made my pilgrimages to the comic stores. Uh, there was one in Glen Ellen in Illinois that I really liked. I loved, you know, hanging out with the owner. His name was Jeff, super nice guy. 
and they wound up giving me a job eventually because I just wouldn't go away. <laughs> so I would hang out, hang out. Is there anything you want me to do? Is there anything I can do? And they're like, well, you want to organize books? I'm like, okay. You know, so I'm organizing books and then they took me on, you know, for like store credit. I'm like, okay. You know, so that worked out well. And then as I got older, um, I wound up working in that store. Then I wound up working in a different store and taking over as manager for that. So like really, if you take a look at it, comic books have been in my blood. It is written into my DNA ever since <laughs> I was like the wee little one. Um, when I was managing the stuff in college, that's when the industry started changing. Um, that's where like, you know, Malibu launched. That's when Image launched. Um, I was there for the whole distribution wars with Capital, Diamond, mm. the uh, the... I, I'll watch my mouth. I won't say the phrase I want to, but the horrific disaster that was Heroes World, um, oh, yeah. the death of Superman. I'm the one who was carrying the box into a store with the location in a mall the, uh, with the Superman 75, had a dude re try to reach into the box. Uh, and I turned, you know, and I was like Cinder back in the day and a little tough looking. I'm like, you touch my box again, I'm going to break your wrist. You know, and so, like, <laughs> that, stuff, that was cool. Um, what got me into creating on kind of on that flip. So when one day I was working in a comic, I was working in the comic shop and I was playing videos and I was playing the old battle of the planets cartoon. If any of y'all remember battle of the planets, anyone, anyone, Oh, you got to Google. Yeah, got, got Had a great man. talk about gotcha what's that Tommy, you got it's it. Got, got, gotcha man, right. It was the Japanese. No, it's not it. gotcha man. It's battle it's of the planets. Man. Oh, okay. actually, you know what? <laughs> I, I only said it that way because it's like you led me into this conversation. So I'm watching Battle of the Planets, which was the first U.S. interpretation of the Japanese Gotcha Man. And there's this guy who comes into the store and he looks at the screen. And he's like, oh, Gotcha Man. I'm like, no, Battle of the Planets. He's like, Gotcha Man. I'm like, no, Battle of the Planets. And it just went just like you and I did, Tommy. Uh, although we didn't, you know, we didn't prepare that. And the guy wound up being a guy named Brian. And so he knew the Japanese version. I knew the American version. We started talking. He was an artist. And so he's the first artist I ever collaborated with. And we're like, let's do something. So I'm like, I could try to get the license for Battle of the Planets. And we could make our own book. And he wound up drawing a couple pages. And it didn't go any further. And then I wanted to write a story and have him illustrate it to submit to my favorite publisher, Silverline. Uh, he drew about a page and a half of a cat and mouse story um, of the old theme, but that never went every, anywhere. Uh, comic shop I was working at started publishing their own book. That's when like That's the kind of lights started going off, saying maybe I should start looking at trying to get in on this. Uh, they knew the owner of the store knew a guy named Mark Panicchio. Does anybody here know Mark Panicchio? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we know Mark. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Malibu, Marvel, yes. So Mark actually was introduced to me from the owner of the store. Uh, he was putting out a new book called Manga Newswatch Quarterly. Right. And this is just he before brought Malibu. Me in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it was after he did Pyramid Comics, mm. but before Malibu. So my first published work ever was in Manga Newswatch Quarterly number one, and it was a review of Robotech to the Sentinel. So now we've got the anime stuff coming in, too. Uh, Mark told me if I ever wanted to do a short story for his book, you know, let him know. I had my buddy Brian start drawing that. 
two and a half pages got done, never finished. Um, and then I also wound up doing a article for him uh, on the anime Vampire Hunter D that was published in a later book. So I did take my buddy Brian. He did my original designs for Sniper and Rook in the basement of my college, um, the main building in my college. Uh, my other main character, Ripper, well, his designs were done by my good friend Anders Ericsson. Um, if any of you have ever heard of a website called NightmareGloves.com, that's Anders. He does beautiful replica Freddy Krueger gloves, uh, and he's actually <laughs> friends with, um, and I can't believe I'm blanking on his name right now, I've been doing so well here, uh, Robert Anglin. So he knows yeah. Robert, knows Robert's wife, and Robert actually wears some of his gloves to some of his appearances. Oh, so cool. he did the design work for me on Ripper, uh, which was really, really cool. You want me to go into favorite artists? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're we're beginning to run a little bit low on time here. Let's uh, okay. Let's go ahead. So, uh, Curtis. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. So uh, the things that got me into comics uh, were uh, actually uh, starting with uh, Chris Claremont's run on X Men. Yeah. Um, good stuff. Yeah. Mm. And I came in like on the Paul Smith uh, end of it. So where mm. Paul Smith, uh, John Amita Jr., Art Adams, just great stuff. And then like Brent, um, G.I. Joe, Larry Hama is a genius. He yeah. elevated that property so high that the G.I. Joe series was awesome. So those, those got me into it. And uh, and then when I got into Indies, Cat and Mouse, of yeah. all things. <laughs> and, and then as far as career-wise, um, I'll, I'll try and kind of keep it quick, give a version of it. I, uh, I was about 14 or 15. And um, I had gotten a tour of the Malibu Comics office, which was near where I lived for my birthday. My, my dad called them and said, my kid loves comic books. Give him a tour. So I got a tour of the place about a week or so passed. And um, my dad said, hey, you should try and get a job there, get an internship. So my mom dropped me off there. I couldn't even drive. And uh, I was, went to ask to speak to Chris Ohm, you know, the mm -hmm. editor-in-chief. And I uh, didn't think anything about a, a 14 or 15 year old kid walking into an office and asking to speak to essentially the second person in charge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was completely turned down and chewed up by the receptionist and kicked out and uh, oh, just sitting on a bench. Yeah, waiting for mommy to pick me up. No, and, and, um, seriously? I'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our, the, the, the secretary chewed me out and, and just said, just said he is, does not see people without appointments. I said, I can wait. She says, what do you want? I said, I'll, I want to work in comic books. I'll, I'll, I'm volunteering my services. Was she picked up the Yeah. <laughs> she picked up the receiver to the phone, like she pretending like she was going through the office. And she goes, does anybody want free work here? And then hung up and said, no, I think you should go now. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> no way! Oh my gosh! It was, it was brutal. So, so I walked outside and I'm just sitting like depressed uh, on this bench waiting for my mom to pick me up because she had a she said she'd come back in 15 minutes or something. And I'll never forget, I saw this turquoise blue sob rolling Chris. through the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Ohm. And it was, it was Chris Ohm, the editor-in-chief. So I still to this day don't know other than just the sheer passion for comic books that possessed me. But I, I stood up and I started chasing the car on foot <laughs> through the parking lot. <laughs> and and uh, he parked his car. And I ran up to him as his car door was opening. I think he was called a little startled. And in like one breath, I just said, my name's Curtis Fujita. You gave me a tour last week 
for, for doing this. Uh, I really want to work in comic books. I'll do anything. I'll clean toilets. I'll do anything. I just want to work in comic books. And he goes, okay, come on in. You're hired. <laughs> that is so Chris Holm. <laughs> yeah. And we, we walk by Sherry and we walk, we walk through the entrance and he goes, uh, Sherry, this is, this is Curtis. He's our new intern. Uh, he's going to be starting next week, and he did. Did you stick your, in. you know, did you did you go hey hey when you walked by? <laughs> oh no, I was just I was just so happy. I walked through, I met everybody. Uh, I started out unpaid as an intern, and um, and then uh, and then a couple weeks, maybe a couple weeks or a month later, I was, I was told you're going to be eventually you're going to be working along behind uh, our new editor, and his name's Roland Mann. He's the guy that did Cat and Mouse. And I thought it was going to be because I'm I'm half Japanese and I'm the ninja conflict. I figured it was this Asian guy, and uh, in walks Roland, and you know the rest the rest is the the rest is history. And and uh, but God, God bless Chris Holm. You know he had to eventually yeah. tell me every time I saw him and he said anything to me. I said thank you so much for this opportunity. He finally said you got to stop thanking me. Just do your job. <laughs> <laughs> do your job and shut up. Get to work. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's kind of how it all came together. He's great, great. and Roland was awesome. Roland was like the best boss ever. <laughs> <laughs> we, love, we love comics. Oh, yeah. uh, it, it, it's funny because hearing Tim uh, say something about you know being the the babies of the group, I still think of Curtis kind of that way as like the <laughs> baby of the group, right? I know that's not the case in in this instance, but because you know when I met him, he was fifteen. And uh, yeah, so he was uh, he was the 15 year old intern running around the company doing anything. And the thing about it is, it's like, and you could say, Curtis, there's a spot on that floor. Go look it up. Okay. Oh. <laughs> we'll just do it with a smile, right? Not that not that we ever abused Curtis, but it's just that that was a that was a at least I not that I remember anyway. It's just <laughs> he was so happy to do anything and everything. He never complained about a single thing. And we had him do some, I mean, really grunt. Curtis, I need you to go make like 15 photocopies of all these things here. Okay. Right. And he was, it, everything was just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'm I'm happy to go do this thing. So, well, well I had, I had all you guys fooled because, you know, you gave me a stack of comic book pages. Here I am a comic fan. I have, you know, pencils, you know, from Howard Chaikin doing right. a cover for something, you know, That's I mean, cool. who else does that? And, and yeah, and you're paying me to do this. And, <laughs> yeah, <you know>? right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, Alex, what about you? What uh, what got you into comics? Um, so I didn't like to read when I was a kid. I uh, wasn't a big fan of reading books at all. And so uh, my parents' solution was, well, he likes drawing because I was drawing from a pretty young age. So let's. My dad was a fan of comic books, thanks to his uncle. So, just started uh, taking me to the library and and showing me the graphic novels that they had available. So, kind of like some early two thousands JLA stuff. Uh, I'm trying to remember the 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 creative team and some ElfQuest and just a bunch of just a, you know bunch of whatever was at the library. I, I would read, and uh, that's that's how it began. And I didn't even really go to a comic book shop till I was probably a teenager, somewhere wow. in there. Yeah, just because I I didn't know they existed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as Most far as of I America knew, does it. Yeah, as far as I knew, comic books were uh, really about the TV shows. I I didn't think that the the comics came first at that point. 
um, just because I was super into the uh, the Justice League show, the, the anime Justice League cartoon mm. show. That was that's good. Uh, mm. I was a really big fan of that. And, Batman animated, all that kind of. Oh stuff. yeah. And uh, just just watching reruns, all that because they're all saying they're the babies of the group. Then I must be like an infant, like you know, <laughs> first week, <laughs> second week old infant. Um, I like, but, uh, I like how uh, on the uh, comic chat authority they they uh, they labeled you as something like the youngest uh, penciler they've ever t- pencilist they've ever talked to or something like that. The youngest yeah, artist. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, uh, "Is this Silverlight's youngest uh, penciler?" Which yeah. is funny because I'm not because Thomas I think is actually the youngest. So, oh, um, really? Th- Thomas is younger than you. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Secrets unveiled. Secret is unveiled, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and I uh, kind of fell out of the comics, not just because I didn't know where to get them, and I uh, was more into sports when I was younger, and uh, really just cartoons and, and movies, that's all I knew comics really were, um, and at that point, you know, I started started learning that this was all coming from sources of comics, and it wasn't the original material that these movies and TV shows are based on just because, you know, common sense. Yeah. Um, but uh, I took a trip to uh, a family trip uh, to upstate New York. And along the way, uh, we uh, ended up visiting some comic shops in Tennessee, I think, and in Midtown Comics in New York. Because mm. my little brother wanted to go. He wanted to get some comic books. And so I... Uh, picked up some random dc books and the uh the love comics was ignited or reignited and uh but then i also learned you know hey this is a opportunity to have a job you know i was always into drawing comics and not drawing comics but drawing comic characters you know yeah and so i was like hey let's let's shift gears here and so for about a year after that i just was drawing pinups and stuff like that and then my senior year of high school i started drawing actual sequential pages they're mm-hmm. terrible but uh, <laughs> uh but you gotta start somewhere yeah you gotta you gotta get some type of some uh content and um you can't get to page uh 1000 until you've started page one right correct yeah, yeah. there you go that's a good one write that one down that's a good, <laughs> a good <one>. <laughs> <laughs> i like and, that that's um, a good one for my senior trip, went to New York with my dad, went to New York Comic Con, and uh, we went to a panel about the Kiber School. I already knew about the Kiber School because the paper <laughs> that they right. use, uh, that they make, um, ironically. But, um, and I was originally planning to go to SCAD. I was told from a, a comic artist not to go to SCAD. So I was kind of like, oh, where should I go now? <laughs> so went to the Kiber School panel, and um, that's I decided then I was like, all right, well, let's make that the goal. So then applied, got accepted, and uh, here I am, three years after having no life in Jersey, and uh, <laughs> now I'm, I'm drawing uh, cat and mouse. Be- Becca, it looks like she's wanting to say something about. Don't. I'm a Jersey girl, okay. <laughs> no, it's oh. nothing against. Born and raised. it's the school you know uh, oh yeah that area is just the middle of nowhere (laughs) well no no no, like that there was so much work that you didn't really have time to yeah to be going out exploring at least i didn't 
Yeah. But uh, well, Jersey well, is I, a beautiful, beautiful state. The, what I find weird is times it, actually ventured. you live in Texas, but you took a trip to upstate New York. So you, you went to comic shops in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> All <laughs> so over the place. It's like, <laughs> why Tennessee? Right. Well, we, we stopped, but there was a pit stop at, in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee oh. So that's uh, the first shop my brother wanted to go to. So gotcha. So now is your brother still in the comics? Uh, he's into the comic book TV shows. Uh, I, I try to buy him comics. I don't know if he really reads them. He does watch a lot of like comic YouTube videos. Yeah. I bet he YouTuber. likes Cat Mouse. Uh, I hope, hopefully he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does uh, now. Yeah. But uh, I'm not really sure just why he wanted to go to the comic book shop. But he yeah. Did. So here we are. Huh. Very cool. Now, so uh, who are I, I already know, but who are a couple of your uh, influences? Who and who and what artists inspire you? Um, so when I was getting back into comics, uh, he was on Batman, and uh, I was a big Batman fan, still am. But uh, Greg Capullo mm. um, just really fell in love with his work, and going back to his previous works and and purchasing those and, and reading those was was a lot of fun. And he's always been he just. To me, he's on top of the the mountain in the current comic book industry. Um, some others currently would probably be like Gary Frank. Mm, I think yeah. anything he does is, is just crazy. Uh, although he retired from comics. Uh, right. He did some uh, Malibu work. Uh, what, uh, do do? what do you do? What do you do, Curtis? Yeah, I'm no, trying to think too. Sorry. I can't remember. I I want to say he did some stuff for Malibu, but I can't remember what it was. But yeah, so uh, Stuart Monin is mm-hmm. someone that retired um, from comics, but he's another one uh, recently just uh, from the school, you know, a bunch of people saying his stuff was great, and I've never read anything really from him. But uh recently fell in love with him over the past few years, and Sean Murphy is another example, mm-hmm. um, just because his stuff was so different from... Craig Capullo and some of these other artists that I was following. So, but it was also just something that caught my eye a lot. But yeah, those are some yeah. random names. Very cool. Uh, Barb, how about you and I uh, skip our uh, stories this time? Yeah, we were, okay we're already that? running over. Yeah. Uh, okay. That Brett says he's got a question. So let's uh, let's address some questions and then uh, we'll kind of say the good nights and stuff. Yeah, we we got plenty of other streams. I uh, think we should stay on until the uh, Kickstarter is fully funded. You know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a Jerry Lewis telethon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're like uh, Brent's be like, I, I can almost hear Brent now. Oh Lord, no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brent, what's the question? No, Roland Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cheerleader. <laughs> Great, yeah. Practice, practice, practice. Yeah, that's the truth. That I, is um, so Don't wait a minute. Jerk. So yeah, I get. I get. So uh, hold on, I, uh, Brett. Ask the question again because I, I I'm thinking that there's a uh, specific thing they're asking about. All right, so so because uh, no one can hear you, right? All right, so Brett said the question is, 
that Royal Airships, thank you, Royal Airships, had asked this question that says, um, what is the best or most uh, practical thing uh, to learn to get into the comics business the quickest? Okay, so I think that's a slightly different question than just practice. So anybody got any thoughts? What? And I, so I'm, I'm, I'm hearing that should you pencil, should you ink, should you color, should you letter, should, what, what should you do? Anybody got any, any thoughts on that? Don't be a jerk. <laughs> don't be a jerk absolutely yeah nobody wants to work with a jerk i say self self-publish your own book do it all and then come to you know i'm not saying use complain but come to a place where you can print your book and just uh, that's how you break into comics you just do your own just draw it all have, real quick and publish it I, I would have to agree with that um if if you are good enough you're going to get noticed yeah. yeah put out your own book and people will notice yeah guys the artists i mean uh what is the baseline i mean is it penciling if you you know what where where do you start developing your skill depends on what you're interested in yeah but, i mean is it penciling is it inking somebody inking. else's yeah um well i knew i wanted to be an inker because if i penciled i'd be a year just penciling one issue because i am so slow <laughs> I can ink like yeah. a, the wind, but yeah. probably uh, then uh, maybe what you're what you're feeling strongest about. Yeah, I, I was practical yeah. about it. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, that, the best thing to learn, uh, which kind of get like your core, like softer, hard skills, and uh, your hard skill just find what you're like most passionate about. Soft skills, know what to put in your portfolio, and know who to give your portfolio to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, I would and, say too, like another thing that that can be overstated is be a fan of comics i mean if you're able to talk like what we're all talking here it will, as soon as you see the passion everybody has when you say a certain title or a certain artist and you get that editor or somebody around there to vibe with you on that they will give mm-hmm. you so much of a bigger chance than yeah. than anything else as long as your your portfolio or your your ability is good that, that's a huge jump yeah. hey, um, I, I will kind of add in from personal experience i think what kind of helped lead to me getting here uh speaking of curtis and just being passionate and vibing. I think it was like day one of Roland's class. Some, somehow Mech Warrior came up and Roland said he did a Mech Warrior comic. And I'm like, I probably read that. And then we got detoured <laughs> on Mech Warrior. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, you and I hit it off in class uh, really, really quick because you had that, I mean, obvious passion for, for comics. Yes, of course, you were con- you know considerably younger than me and we don't, we don't have the exact same experiences, right. but you had the passion and, and, and uh, yeah. Um, so I, I think uh, I, I'm going to echo my answer is going to kind of echo what some of you guys uh, said is that I, I think you got to figure out what is it, what is the if you're thinking about one thing, what is the one thing that you want to do that you think that you can get to the fastest? So if, if you're an artist, right? Do you think um, do you think that you can can pencil, ink, or color better? Which of those things can you do best? That's probably the thing that you should focus on. It's very difficult for an artist to get in as a pencil, a pencil or inker and letter. I'm sorry, pencil, inker, and color. It's very difficult to do that for lots of reasons, but um, it's not impossible. If you want to do it yourself, as Tommy was talking about, yeah, you could just do it all, and and you're the boss, right? You can make the decisions. Um, the other thing is is try to in your circles try to find out needs, right? What do people need? Um, generally, I, I know I can speak like for Silverline, uh, and, and we've got a, a couple of um, submissions and some people that I'm talking with right now. For Silverline, one of our needs uh, currently is coloring. Um, and, and it's not that, that the artists that we have can't do it, 
but it's like their strengths mm -hmm. are are something else so it's like becca's now right she started off coloring but you know she she and i have swapped some emails and i, I learned from her she really enjoys inking and so I'm like, okay, well, this thing, you know, and she she had done a fantastic job on the colors. So it's like, okay, well, this thing's come up. So why don't you here throw some inks on this, throw some inks on it, throw some inks on this, see what you think. And it's like, wow, these look really good. So she was able to, you know, first feel a need for us, right? For for Silverline, but then work into something that that she this is where, you know, this is what she wants to, to do. So uh figure out what you want to do and, and and focus on that, but be um uh what's the word be agile be able to malleable yeah be, be able to kind flexible. of flexible that's really the word i was looking for you know be be flexible be able to kind of um kind of shift gears and, and go one way or the other um know that it's hard as an artist know that it's hard to perfect all three skills it's hard to be a perfect penciler and a perfect inker and a perfect colorist. It's hard to do all, all three of them. I'm not saying you can't, but it's just each of those is a different skill set. Um, and, and so focus on the one that you are most interested in and that you think you're closest to accomplishing. If you're like, well, I'm really most interested in penciling, but I think I'm a better colorist. Well, focus on coloring because that may be your way in the door. Right. And then you can still practice on getting the on, on the pencil work. So when the, when the opportunity arises, you can actually uh, take that that chance. Uh, and I see who Alex is penciling there. That's getting me pretty excited. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So anybody else have any any, any thoughts for that? Maybe if I can just dovetail off that one, one thing that like what Roland was saying about just getting in there not just so that you have the opportunities for people to know your name, but when you're in the industry and you're handling somebody's pencil or you're looking at this person's ink or you're coloring this, you're, you're in it, you're in it and you actually see how everybody else is doing things and you're exposed to it and your ability level will just start to skyrocket yeah. just by virtue of osmosis and being in there. You know? I, so that's a huge part of it. I believe in osmosis as far yeah. as, as, crea as creative goes. I really do. Um, I, I think that's an important thing. Uh, anyone else? Tommy's kissing his inks goodbye. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess we, John's kind of cutting in and out here, so uh, he's got that uh, Chicago area internet. <laughs> yeah, some internet connection has been telling me low, low bandwidth, so I said, okay, I'll kill video for a little while. <laughs> Uh, okay, so anybody else want uh, want to uh, add anything there? I think yes, we kind of covered. Yes, go to the yes. Kickstarter. Yes, <laughs> go to Kickstarter. What are we at now? They give us a total. Of what? Uh, um, how many? How many? Uh, Brett posted many people? for us again. Uh, I'm refreshing my page here. 1865 is what I got. 1865. Sure oh, it was enough. 17 something a while ago. It, it was. Yep. Yeah. So, that was a good year. Yeah, it was a, few, a good year. <laughs> 48 48 backers uh 1865 so um those of you who've backed Oops. during this uh, uh the stream yeah. thank you very much um as barb says yeah please uh please spread the word uh let let everyone know that you have backed and supported the uh silver line double feature uh two brand new books from uh silver line uh and as always please uh like and share and follow 
please continue to subscribe. We need you to subscribe on YouTube to get uh, our numbers up. Um, the last I saw, we had 114. I'm not sure where we're at now. And, uh, oh, and even, 121 subscribers now. So thank you for the new subscribers. Yeah, even great. if you can't afford to participate in the Kickstarter, just sharing yeah. our posts about it all over your Facebook page is a huge help. Your Facebook page, your Twitter, any Twitter, other social, yeah. yeah, any social media that you do, share it, uh, you know, and tell and say something about it too. Tell folks that hey, you know, you're you're familiar with the project and you think it's a, a good to back. You know, target people that you know, uh, like uh, like comic books, um, and and send something to them. So we'll go around Murderers Row here and we'll tell folks uh, where you can find. Tell folks where they can find you online. Barb, we'll start with you. Where can folks find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can either just Google Barbara Kalberg because I'm the only one on the internet. It's K-A-A-L-B-E-R-G. You can find me under that name on Facebook and Twitter. Becca, how about you? Where can people find you on the interwebs? Hi. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, apparently. I <laughs> <laughs> At rr Winslow eight ninety, uh, you can find me on Instagram as well at uh, comic underscore art with K's instead of C's. And <laughs> yeah, you can so find me on what, what, What's the eight ninety? There's special code. Oh, that's my birthday. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, now we won't. Cool. We can't forget. Yeah. <laughs> Tim TK, where can people find you on the Webbers? They can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Tim TK Writer. I am also on Twitch. Uh, where I'll be going live tonight at Agro Bacon, and I am on TikTok at Tim Doesn't TikTok. <laughs> T- uh, Tim, what are you? Uh, what are you going to be streaming tonight? I think League of Legends. League of Legends. Cool. Uh, uh, I haven't really heard anything good about that game, but okay. It's very stressful and the community is very toxic, so it's perfect. (laughs) Tommy, what about you? Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, You just uh, look for Floor Monty, F-L-O-R-I-M-O-N-T-E, pretty much uh, on all the different social places. And um, uh, infernostudios.com is my personal website. And I'm also on TikTok. It's Tommy Don't TikTok. There's, I need 10 subscribers, 10, 10 followers, and then I'll do a TikTok. 10, 10. I only got four. So hey, until I get 10. So you, send, you guys. send a message to my daughter. She's on TikTok. So send a message to her and say, your, your dad said to follow me. She's one of the, the four. Oh, she's one of the four? <laughs> she's already there. <laughs> okay. And then all of her followers are going to be, why are all these like, weird old dudes doing you? I mean, I can do the thing. Whatever that's So are the restaurants around you opened up around Kablam? Um, um, yeah, yeah, they are. So, so I could come down and we could grab lunch. Yeah, we'll go to Del Taco if that's what you want. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. Time for fries. Del Taco. Dan gets me some fries. I'm going to get the, I always got to swap the fries out for the uh, chips. And then they charge me like a dollar when I do it. Mm. <laughs> all right, it's a chip place that I have to pay extra. I don't I'll, know. The, the, the the Silverline meetup will not be at a Comic-Con. It'll be at a Del Taco in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sid, what about you? Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, SidIsAlive.com. 
uh, SIDSidisalive.com. And as always on Twitter. <laughs> That's a digital uh, display there. My name, uh, my name on Twitter with an underscore between the uh, first name and the last name. Is, is that and, like uh, from an old dot matrix printer? No, no that's uh, digital. It's a, somehow it's a another laser. shot that to the screen. I don't know. That's magic. How did it's you do a laser. It's a laser. Okay. I got to do that. Let me get some paper. HP laser. Uh, on Twitter, I've got a sticky note at the top right now with all of the places you can find me. Cool. Uh, and, and you can buy, there's even a, you can buy me a cup of coffee. Uh, there. Oh, wow. Well, and, and also for those who are like, I'm not going to sit through all this. I, I'm putting in, I'm putting all this uh, information in the, uh, on the youtube page so you can find i'll put all the links to all of our stuff there uh brent what about you where can people find you on the interwebs i'm on facebook at brent larson i'm one of and i'm on um instagram at brent.vector nice uh I'll, I'll leave him for last curtis where can people find you on the interwebs Sure. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. It's Curtis Fujita. Uh, you can also find me via my martial arts school. So on Facebook, Tiger Crane Kung Fu, and on Instagram and YouTube as uh, Tiger Crane 805. Hey, <laughs> good job, Sid. I see that you got it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was very sorry to hear about the uh, the magazine. That's the one you work for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they I was just, very. Just close the doors down. Yeah. I was very sorry yeah. to hear that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and so yeah. Curtis has been doing. Uh, your school has been. You have been doing uh, videos for your school to help people during the quarantine uh, to try to get them exercising, and that's where we've seen a lot of the 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 the, the moves there. Uh, Sid and Tommy were doing it, um, so we've been trying to share those as well. Get people to 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 learn them some Tiger Crane Kung Kung Fu. I can go. say that. I can say Kung Fu, right? That's not that's not a forbidden word to say. Uh, no, no. Okay. Just, yeah, you're, you're good. <laughs> All right, good deal. Uh, John, what about you? Where can people find you on the interwebs? All right. Um, on Facebook, John Metich, M-E-T-Y-C-H, the third. Um, also have a page up for our comic stuff, Beta 3 Comics, B-E-T-A, the number three comics. Um, and you can find me elsewhere across the web uh, under the name Cylon, C-Y-L-O-N. Zero zero one one old school Battlestar Galactica fan with and, matching license plates on my car, and and that's uh, that's what you used to use in all the message boards, wasn't it? Yep, still do. <laughs> and my yeah. address still is <laughs> you have a little... <laughs> yeah. All right, Alex, where can people find you? You're going to have to hold your post-it note a little bit closer to your camera. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll say everything. Okay. Uh, my Instagram is Alex Gallimore two. Uh, just a l e x g a l l i m o r e two. Twitter's just add one five to the end. Alex Gallimer twenty five, <laughs> and um, Facebook is just my name. So, and as for no, as for TikToks, well, no, no TikToks. <laughs> no TikToks. <laughs> All right, we'll and, do uh, it. you got to you got to consolidate those, man. You got to figure out something shorter. That's a bunch of different things. It's kind of it's still confusing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's just a link right i'll put all i'll, I'll make all the links oh, oh, oh okay yeah all right i am roland man you can find me on facebook at the uh, roland man i have a little caricature there that you've got to see a little gray in my beard uh you can find me <laughs> brent's trying to come back in uh you can find me on uh twitter at man roland and uh 
course, all over the Silverland stuff here, as are we all. So uh, next week, we're going to return to our craft, and we're going to talk to pencilers next week. And we're going to be asking them, how do they start a page? So uh, we're going to get a handful of pencilers in here, and we're going to watch them start a page from scratch. They're not going to finish it, but we're going to see. How <laughs> no, you got to make them do a whole page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a race. Uh, no, we're trying to thumbnail get, it yeah, and everything. We're, we're trying not to stream too long, right? Oh. <laughs> it's a marathon. We're going to go till a page is finished. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Start to start so. to finish. All right. I don't think well, that's a record for us. Yeah. You know, that, that's a great idea. We should stream on 24-hour comic day. And that's have actually, people, yeah. people penciling and inking and coloring. And Do a writing. whole page. Yeah. Do, like, the yeah. whole thing. That yeah. would be freaking no, you, when, you, you, when you, is that? Gotta... Yeah, oh, yeah, 24 hours. I'll make sure I have better internet connection. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You got to start it with the. You got to come up with something brand new. So you got the, the write. You got to write it. So then you got just a page. So I guess it's not going to be much. But yeah. you write one thing <laughs> and do it all from the beginning to the end. Letter it. Everything. We do. You do electronic, right? So the the yeah. You just yeah, pass you it pencil to the it next and just pass it. Yeah. To, that's actually not a bad idea. Uh, good idea, John. Thank you. Uh, Thank okay, you. so it's eleven thirty. We're out of here. Uh, see you next week. We're going to talk about uh, craft. We're going to talk to pencilers. Uh, until then, make mine silver line. Nice. Good night, everybody. Nice. Bye bye. Hey, Keep your hands clean. Don't touch your face. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Silverline podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.